Prize be Deb slide tackling Barry. <laughs> <laughs> that well, sounds like a perfect. That's going to happen yeah, but that's during the ball because thing that anyway. would, but that would be amusing for all of us. Well, yeah. Yes. What prize for what for level five? No, because then everyone would get that because they'd all see it. It's the super secret prize, though. Yes, but everyone what? would see it. The super secret. The, the video is only attached see it. to them. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, they, individually sent. And then two minutes later, it will get sent to everybody else. The, no, no, the, two minutes later, they get the video of me punching you in the face. Everyone wants that too. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the seven ooh, of us ooh. would see it. Can can yeah can can any of us get in on that? That's why we got to get the big rubber slap gloves. All right, we do it to get the big rubber slap gloves. Ooh, ooh, how, could, about, how about could the, we do the big it? erasers from like the early nineties? <laughs> You know, erasers? Yeah, the big erasers. Yeah, yeah but only after they have erased about 100 chalkboards. <laughs> oh, so my God. Big old cloud of dust when it happens. You mean the I've, shit that's going to give you asthma for the rest of your fine, life? Fine, we'll cover it in I've flour. already got asthma, so. I've got it. Have so you guys ever seen the, the slap matches, the professional slap oh, yeah. matches like Russia? on YouTube? Oh, yeah. Those are yeah. brutal. Yes. Yeah. Barry no, we're not doing that. <laughs> You've got In a the beard. Slap you got a, that's right. Match. You got padding. <laughs> yeah, but so did the guy that got knocked out in one oh, of the videos. I oh, saw. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, ladies and gentlemen, the dream we all dream of: Barry versus Torgo <laughs> in a world fight. slap fest of love. <laughs> why is it Mercy. Gonna, why is it going to be a slap fight? Can't it be just like a peanut butter and jelly but eating it's, it's contest? It's not a slap fight. It's literally a single slap. Barry's on to something here. We, Back and forth. we don't have to buy the gloves. We'll save some money. We'll just slather a big old loaf of bread and peanut butter and then smack the other one. Away. Yeah. There you go. I like that. I think that's it right there. And then follow it up with what? A slice of bread with jelly oh, no. on it? And yeah. smack okay. the other side. Jeff, your natural instincts do us well. Yeah. And you can, you can 4D it. You can bring like a French... French bread and like a ciabatta <laughs> bread, the harder style bread, ooh, ooh. bread. And let's do the Elvis. You get slapped with, with some bread with banana on it, ooh, and then yep. we dunk your face into boiling oil. <laughs> you went from we go this, this to this. <laughs> That's, We're not making a Monte Cristo. <laughs> we wanted you yeah. down here, Kirsten. You're way up here. Well, down like, here, listen, we are not up here. We are saving money and elevating it at the same time. A 10-day-old baguette covered oh, in God. peanut butter, and that's what you smack them with. Yeah. That is it. The creamy or the chunky? That's it's, almost like a baseball Oh, it's got to be chunky. Chunky. And that's sure. why people <laughs> rent them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Todd, Todd? Yeah. Is is this thing recording? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you good sure good this touch. time? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you all. Just saying. Just, just let me put in the record. Fuck you all. I don't want to waste this comedy gold again. Uh, you know? <laughs> of course, for, for many of you that aren't Kofi members, I re- tried to record something for Kofi and didn't hit record right, and we lost a, a whole half episode of Kofi stuff that we had to re record. <laughs> And the two of us had to leave because it was too late at that point. Yeah. So. yeah. And but to, you know what? The replacement recording was great. But yeah, we we lost to, some. That to, was, to be fair that to was Torgo, awesome. to be fair. Kirsten noticed but didn't interrupt any of us to say, hey, hey, table that for a second. Oh. Are you recording? Until it was, he until was his turn to talk. Yeah. 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 Somebody was talking, Jeff, and they wouldn't stop. Ooh. But I if I'm talking you, and man. it's not being recorded, there's no rudeness to interrupt me and say, 
Hey, um, well, that's not recording, right? Well, okay, first of all, that statement posits that I, I care about being rude. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And, and second is, it was someone else talking. I, I, hey, everyone's looking at me. I thought Todd knew what he was doing. <laughs> that's why you, that's where you're wrong, sir. <laughs> He just hits stuff until it does something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's how you deal with Barry. I push button. I push That's button. That's how I deal with I Barry, too. Yeah. Not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 623. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Vlarg. Professor Biggs. And Deb. And we're here to talk Week in Geek. Deb, I, I think you need to be before Mr. Biggs right here. I think right. that is official now. But she needs, she's oh. needs the oh. and credit. She, I always go last. Oh, oh, you, oh the and, and credit. Yes. You're right. Yeah. And credit. You're right. I would yeah. be a horrible agent. Now, what we yeah. could do is <laughs> with <laughs> Professor Biggs. Nah. Yeah, we oh, yeah. with I, credit? I could go with the with. The with credit's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Oh. With Soupy Sales. <laughs> I, yes. I, I like the whole... I mean, we could do that, but I like With the whole. Charles Nelson Riley. Deb closes it out, <laughs> especially Deb. on those occasions that she won't be here. Mm. Then the monkeys will be hanging, like waiting to hear her say something, uh, right, for uh. the whole show. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh. at the very end, and Deb. Deb. Yeah, Deb is the punctuation. She's the exclamation yes. point where Barry is the colon. Yes, Deb. I agree with that. Wow, colon, colon. really? Deb. Okay, semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> No, I like Colin. Yeah. And Matt is our drama dots. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just people re- renamed Ellipsis Drama Dots. That's just great. That, that's, it sounds like the name of a galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a drama dots galaxy. And Kirsten is our unnecessary umlauts. Always. <laughs> Steve, how the hell are you doing? I'm... More or less good. Are you more or less good? Yeah. Why would you have either... Why would you have ever been less? Uh, well, I did. I did actually get the vid. Uh, he got the Rona. Af- I want to ask: Was the karaoke worth it? <laughs> <laughs> Stop laughing! Oh. Stop laughing! He's he's been waiting. <laughs> he's been waiting so, so long to ask you this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I don't think the timing quite works out for it to have been the karaoke because the symptoms showed up. The next day, so uh, you were spreading well, at karaoke too. Except with Omicron, <laughs> people yes, are getting symptoms twenty-four next. hours to three days okay. later. Yeah. Well, then that would make sense because it wasn't necessarily the karaoke because nobody else that was there that night that I know of got the well, COVID. Well, that you know it, like everyone in the karaoke bar you you knew personally and was going to text you if they got sick. No. <laughs> it was one of those private room scenario things? No, no, no. It's just, it's. <laughs> he knew no, everybody but, there. It, that, that's Mark. There's Bill. There, there's Susie. There, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, there's there was that a bunch one of regulars. Guy, there's a. Yeah, there was a bunch of regulars. But there also was this close talker guy who was like in my. I, I'm, a, I'm apparently a magnificent specimen, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I could have told you that. <laughs> yes. Oh, and, and, and from six feet away. <clears throat> oh, no. From well, six inches away. We would have. Oh, you, you could tell me that from six feet <laughs> away, yes. Yeah, the guy would just not let me go well, all you, night. You're, you're a magnetic man. <laughs> and, uh, and, and apparently I'm uh, some kind of cross between Michael Caine and George Kennedy because it looks oh. like I can get stuff done. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Not a ju- good judge of character there. <laughs> oh, no, no. 
No. Wow. No. Especially not uh, not if I need to uh, meet people for whiskey. Uh, uh, Priorities. <laughs> Where are yours? So so COVID, Kevin was up in your face all night. Oh my God. That's the only that's the only thing I can think of because nobody else that was there with me, even the people that were trying to save me from from this guy, uh, nobody else got it. But so but it 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 was karaoke. That's important. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, it's. But not. you've 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 done your isolation time. I've done my isolation. You've tested Got, multiple negatives. Uh, yes. Yeah, I I have the antibodies, but not the antigens. At this point, it's been at least two or three weeks. So. So you have yeah. the anamorphs. <laughs> so I have the anamorphs now. Yes, I have the anamorphs. <laughs> Matt looks like a scientist looking through his microscope. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and well, right, rightfully so. All, yeah, all, all judgment accepted. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. Um, and then, but then the newest wrinkle is I have a pinched nerve in my right shoulder. Oh Christ! Where he was grabbing you the whole night, like. <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, he, so the so the Borg uh, nanobots are in there, just going to, going to town. And so, yeah, I haven't had a good night's sleep and. Over a week now. <laughs> Talk mm. about not getting things done. Yeah. No. Exactly. All of my plans for last week were completely waylaid. Oh, no more karaoke last <laughs> week? No more, no more karaoke. What, you, you didn't go to the kissing booth contest? No, or the... no. Didn't go see uh, who's, guess who's coming to dinner. And didn't didn't go to the MAGA rally? and <laughs> That's right. Coffee didn't go to Huntington Beach and and, uh, and uh, all that kind of stuff. No. <laughs> So it's it's been it's been a little bit of a turmoil. I did actually get some decent sleep last night, about six hours non nonstop. Six hours nonstop, huh? That's how it's been. Yeah, Jesus. Well, hey, yeah. that's impressive actually, because that's better than I get during the work week lately. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, but so. But I mean, before that, like all the. Well, you got to sleep next to Barry, so I understand. It's the cat. <laughs> oh. it's Dude, it's the cat. It's the the, cat. Uh, the, the blaming the cat. We're blaming the cat. We're both blaming the cat. The previous seven days, it's been like if I could get two hours nonstop, it w- that was amazing. Because wow. usually, well, anytime I move, it's just, ah. have you have you tried uh, Fireball? No, <laughs> fireball, I, I can tell you he has. Fireball. Yeah. <laughs> so so that really knocks down uh, Mister In Your Faces theory because George Kennedy. No nerve pinch would fuck him up, <laughs> right? He would right? fuck up the nerve pinch, right? Yeah, oh, get this thing off my shoulder. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right. So. so, Shock Monkeys, we owe you a little something. Uh, last month, we uh, did a little thing with J.R. Conkle and his books, Citadel of the Fallen and Gathering the Fallen. And you came through in droves. We really appreciate it, but we said that if we reached certain amounts of reviews, that uh, we would uh, reward those tiers. The first tiers, of course, being... Uh, Deb would read a episode's worth of News You Don't Give a Shit About. And we are going to do that, but I'm waiting for a good, juicy News You Don't Give a Shit About episode. The kind of makes Andy cry, that kind of... The best episodes. Yes. The best episodes. Yeah. I think. (laughs) Oh, I agree. Uh, The second thing is the Romeo and Juliet balcony scene. Oh, yeah! With the man babies as Romeo and uh, the bard as Juliet. (laughs) That is in the works and coming up soon. But at the end of this episode, we will give you the third tier award, which again, this isn't a Kofi thing. This is, you get this at the end of this episode. And that is Jeff 
doing an impression of Paul's Mumra doing a dramatic interpretation of Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. Yes. So, stay tuned. At the end of this episode, you will have that gem. Is that a description? Um, yeah. Yes. Future yeah. classic? I don't know. Who uh, knows? Uh, <laughs> speak sing. Like the, the William Shatner speak sing. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, like yeah. William There's Shatner doing uh, anything. Rocket Man. <laughs> Rocket Man yeah. is still my favorite. It sounds his. more like slam poetry than a. Well, that's that's that was one of the funny things. At uh, it was, uh, I think it was a Futurama when they went to the Star Trek convention planet. Yes, and they were all held there, and and the cast was there too, and <laughs> Shatner is speak singing, Slim Shady, <laughs> and Walter Koenig is like, how do you? Speak sing a rap song. <laughs> <laughs> well, she no. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, uh, Rocket Man is uh, uh, Shatner is fun to do at karaoke, right? <clears throat> yeah. So Jeff, yeah, will Shatnerize this, uh, or Jatner? No, I well, guess you call it <laughs> Jatner. Jatners. Is that the new title for these Jatners? <laughs> so, so let me get let me get this straight. So. I'm going to Jefferize a Shatnerize of a Polarize Mumra. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Spot on. Got it. So so this is us saying thank you, Shock Monkeys, for coming out in droves to uh, make this happen. And again, thank you to Jared Conkle for putting the whole thing together. And a big shout out to all of you Kofi members. Everything is moving forward. We're going to have D&D this week. Yes. Friday, we shall get together for our first session. So basically, by the time you're hearing this, hopefully, <laughs> same same day as the drop of the episode. Yes, maybe. Yes, yes. maybe. Uh, those Kofi members already involved are already set. That's it's all scheduled. Yeah, no, in. We, we haven't it's set. Happening. We haven't set a firm time, but we got the day. Okay. So because I needed to lock down monkeys, even though sure. they're all in the Dungeons and Dragons channel of the Discord, and yeah, this none is of all them responded, there. and. Kind of left me, so I was just like, oh, wow. I gotta, I gotta, yeah. I know, can I know. We, can we I, change I, your name to Passive Aggressive K? I, what? <laughs> it's taken me a while to get this, but you know, I, I'm, we're going now. So things will be happening. Uh, the new mini, that's uh, the 40K Orc, which right now the running name in the Kofi is uh, Bocephius for the Orc. So Bocephius should be done this week if all goes well, barring any major painting accidents. Uh, so we'll probably give that one away next week. How often do show. major painting accidents happen, dude? All it takes is a spilled null oil, and you're and you're yeah. done. A what? A what? The, I oh, got it. Exactly. <laughs> the, right the right people got it. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? For the, a new... hey, can you say it again? A spilt null oil. Null oil. N u. L-N? Nailed it. Yes, you Absolutely did. Absolutely Very good. It. Wow, you're Look on your way. Adeptus. Yeah. So, so. I could spell. <laughs> Adeptus Chickis, right? No. no. Sororitas. Sororitas. All right, well, Chin Bikinius. Yeah. Let, let's, try, yes. let's try something a little harder. Uh, Barry, spell the word fuck. <laughs> I'm not allowed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you fail. You, you, you should all know, I, I wrote it down on the back of my business card, and I... Gave it to Torgo so I, have I can it in my hand. so I can stare at it, and it helps me to remember to not to say it. No, it seems not like to that. Say, would... oh, 
That up. seems like it would make it a fungible token <laughs> as opposed to a non-fungible token. It was it, never an NFT. If this was an outright purchase right. of his mental capacities. And right. now he has but now it's official. Boy, talk token. about non-fungible. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but now it's official. <laughs> it was official before, it but now a, it's physical. The moment the money laid down, he just wanted something that he could stare at so he wouldn't fuck it up. I'm, I'm saying <laughs> before it was more of a handshake deal, but now you actually have. I See, Jeff, you're not helping your argument. A handshake no. deal is a non-fungible token yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really In front is. of wit- multiple witnesses. Yeah, it's a, Sometimes. And, and audio witnesses. Well, yes, that. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. It's recorded. Yes. This is admissible in court. That's <laughs> right. Recorded for posterity purposes. We can subpoena all of our viewers to to court to <laughs> viewers? enforce this. What? How, court, how, how, many, how many years have I been doing that, Jeff? <laughs> the and people's you, court. You Mori, all... Mori Povich. Uh, Mori Povich? <laughs> Sorry. Povich. What? <laughs> Barry, what? you are the father. Did we have a before the show? Because oh, everyone fuck. is like... <laughs> I have heard the few. Uh, <laughs> the people's court. Judge Judy on this whole thing. No. Wapner. <laughs> yeah, I know. Time well. for Wapner. Time for Wapner. Hey, don't forget the uh, board games. Yes, this week, Tier 4 members and higher, uh, we will be doing a board game arena session on Saturday, 6 p.m. Pacific time, barring any work emergencies. That's always a possibility, but so far, this is what we're laying out. So we will be playing Dice Hospital that time. So get ready. It's an awesome game, but give you a little time to check it out as well. If you're not a Kofi member, go to Kofi, that's K-O-F-I slash GeekShock and see what all the tiers offer and join us on all this fun stuff. Please there will do. be many tiers. Oh boy, yeah. Especially if you play. <laughs> <laughs> so what geeky things you do this week? Deb. So I got to play some Skyrim. I've been playing Skyrim. And so far, I've successfully killed both of my followers. Yep. <laughs> Me. I did it. Yes. Wait, because On purpose? No, on oh, okay. accident. Well, because oh. I'm a magic user, right? So I'm oh. standing behind, and they're, like, getting in. And you can you can hit, like, friendlies in this you game. Can, you can use bows and arrows. You can use swords and axes. So She's then, decided to use explosions as her main way of fighting. So then the second one, I tried to do better. She was a magic user, even. Okay. So but she should know this shit. She yes. should, but she still kept getting up in there. So then I tried to like aim my my shots behind the bad guy so that he would get part of it, and hopefully she wouldn't get any. No, that didn't work. <laughs> La- ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know that the the beautiful irony of this is Deb is basically explaining what it's like to be a magic user in any game she plays in. <laughs> because I didn't see I didn't, I didn't I, ask how big the room was. Yeah, exactly. Well, I said I cast fireball. There's also it's like my invoker when we were playing 4th edition. Uh-huh. I'm like I'd be lining up a big old AoE and she had created her character to always win initiative and she'd race right in there. <laughs> and then I can't do any of my AOEs because she's right up in their face. And one time Can. he said, fuck it? Yes. Yep. Yep. He did. Uh, yeah. He said, fuck it. See? He said, fuck it. A couple that, times I even gave him permission. <laughs> I was like, I have the hit points. It's okay. That's true. She eventually got to the point where, like, the yeah, your your, your deck saves, you were good. So, But it was funny because I was just like, I want... Uh, Deb, actually, if you just hold on just for a second, Deb, you just, Deb, Deb, oh, fuck, this is, 
<laughs> so I'm I'm actually really appreciating this story. You know, I, I kind of like that idea of incorporating a, a Gloomhaven esque initiative thing in D and D, where you have to like write down what you do in your time and initiative. You don't get to reveal what you do to anybody because in the heat of battle, you really can't do that. Oh. Right. So, and that way, initiative decides you then turn over what you do, which might end up fucking up somebody else's thing, but yep. that's the way battles go. Or oh. totally like what you were going to do now can't happen because someone goes before yeah. you. Right. That's it, true. Yeah. Hey, at least and everyone. Now wasted that card. At least everyone would be prepared when it comes time for their turn. The worst thing about D&D is when you got six people around a table and you, one person goes and does their thing and then it takes, you know, five, ten minutes or whatever to get around the table. And then you get back to them and say, all right, it's your turn. What do you want to do? I don't know. (laughs) You've had 10 minutes. I see you've been playing D&D with uh, Andrew Taylor. A lot of people play that way, actually. Well, actually, Andy, Andy, Andy knows what he wants. No, to he do. doesn't. Person, no, no, no. how do I play my character? No, how do I do my character? What that's, does character that's do? That's the thing. He's like, he knows what he wants to do. He just has no idea how to do it. So he has to have. So he waits till his turn to ask. Uh, uh, yeah. Lewis walk him through the steps of rolling a die, <laughs> and adding a number. Without knocking sodas over. <laughs> yeah. God, that's a lot to ask. I, just, yeah. I don't <laughs> understand because you know, he makes the same character every single campaign. It's like a thief or like a, a skullduggery, like something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What do I do? Like, well, you did what you did last campaign." Yeah. <laughs> well, I also love that he frequently ramps up the charisma and the talk and the persuasion to be the face of the party. And, and poor he Andy, want to do it. he can't. He can't role play. He cannot charisma. role play. <laughs> Well, Todd, I wasn't going to quite put it that way, but... So what you're saying is our campaigns, I should be the one doing it, huh? Oh, Jesus uh, Christ. Oh, I, oh, no, no, no ask I him. Always, nah, actually, I always ask say, him. no, Paulette should be your face because she's the one who always asks the right questions. It's true, she does. She knows exactly how to get to the point, and she... Fuck that. She... If you're not killing it, she don't want to have any thing to do, Anything to with, do with it. With yeah. the encounter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's so funny because I would push him. Paulette, you should really <laughs> snarl. <laughs> you know? I got to bring it back to Skyrim for a second because there's something that uh, I notice when I watch Dead play. And I, I watch her play a lot because I think it's enjoyable and I've played the game a million times so I know what's going on and I can point things out. Here's Deb walking to a room of bad guys. So, first off, there's fire and brimstone everywhere, and the world explodes, obviously, because that's the only spells she has or cares about. And honestly, it's not a bad tactic. No. Um, so, all the bad guys are dead. There's a big, giant treasure chest with a gleaming sword of whatever, you know. Now she stops, pick all the pockets, which one does, carefully evaluate, mm, can I afford to take his shoes or not? What are the shoes worth? Like nothing, but you know, <laughs> I could maybe sell them. And then take every cabbage, every apple, every piece of celery, almost every mug and every cha- everything in the room before she gets to the good oh, stuff. Oh, I don't pick up the plates and mugs. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I because I, I, conv- I, I convinced her. Okay. And you know this is true. Uh, I said, all right, if you're going to pick something up, make sure that the weight is worth the cost of selling it. It makes sure it's at least like 10 to 1 in pounds. Mm-hmm. But so, you're still picking up celery and apples. Yeah, so well, and, and cheese wheels. Is not cheese wheels. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, gotta, you gotta remember the cheese wheels. And I wheel do run. enjoy having you watch me play, but I don't enjoy the constant, you should go here. You should do this. 
<laughs> no, what? You missed that. <laughs> what? Deb, I, I would figure you would love that sort of thing. Welcome to Counseling Shock. <laughs> if you're playing along at home, folks, take a drink. Yeah. Yeah. But no. Well, yeah. we almost I, had hashtag game. Skyrim hacks there. But. Deb, I, I feel your pain with... with I, I stopped allowing followers. Like, allow me to join. No, just go away. You, you do not help. No. You, you, you do not... You don't... You don't even give me company. You mm-hmm. just wander around and annoy me. You're like Barry. So just go away. <laughs> well, the I just thing follow to her around super annoying and poke at him. Is you'd be walking around and they'd disappear. And you'd start to get in battle. And they weren't there. You're like, where the fuck did you go? And then all of a sudden, you're done killing everything. And then they just show up. And you're like, what? <laughs> did you get like, lost I'll take back the in the take the sword of awesomeness? All right. <laughs> what was the, uh, the campaign that I was watching you play that one time, Todd, where you had a, an escort mission and like the... the you kept running, but they were walking at like a snail's pace, and you had to keep running back to get them to follow you. And it was just, I've never seen him so frustrated. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> why, why is he still back here? God, God damn it. And he's like running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's, I cannot get this character like to every, follow him at, at, at even a normal pace. That's like every escort mission <sighs> in Skyrim. Well, every escort mission, remember, follower, you're supposed to escort me. I don't care what it says on the thing. You escort me because if I escort you, it will take us 14 days to get there, and I don't have time for that shit. So please walk at a brisk pace at the very least. God damn it. Programmers, don't do that anymore. It is so obnoxious. And I've had games where if you don't walk their pace, it stops the quest and they go back. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you have to do it you're all like, over like, again. Ah, finally, we made it to the mountaintop. Yeah. Uh, They're not there. Failed. Yep. Yep. Patience for so many things in life. Not that. But no, not in a video game that's intentionally making me crawl. Yeah. And I just want to clarify, he was not being impatient. The, the character was literally walking oh, I know. like baby steps. I know. Like not even like... The, the character was walking at a normal pace when he got into the mission. As soon as they started the mission, the character started doing the, the baby's pace, like the, the, the stutter step kind of thing following. And it was just like, wow, I, I am completely baffled by the programming change here. It's, it's not even remotely... Necessary. It's not even the most annoying thing. The most annoying thing, and I don't know if you've had this happen to you yet, but you will. You'll be fighting something like a dragon. Death and destruction everywhere. And then here comes the courier. I've got a letter for you. Yeah, I need to deliver you a letter. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what's going on here. Meanwhile, flames from the sky crashing down. Bodies strewn everywhere. I got your letter. Here you go. The most annoying two words in video games are follow me. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. So Is Skyrim. there like a bard follower? Because that'd be cool. He's no. just singing over there. I wish. <laughs> exactly. There is a bard that you can interact with quite a bit in one of the first cities. But I don't know if he There's becomes a, few a follower. Yeah, they, wow. they yeah. He's now, kind of obnoxious. Does does this carry on like are are you gonna start accumulating a reputation for followers dying when they're with you? I mean, this, I've only had two, and they've both died, so I'm kind of like, Todd, I think I'm not going to pick up anymore. They just get in the way. They're obnoxious. Mm, but if they kept coming coming up and asking you to be your follower, then maybe... It's a suicide cult is what that yes. is. Oh, yeah. okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> I told her what she should do is not sell anything. Pick up everything, and then put one house where and just pile everything on a table that you ever collect. All the skulls and the armor and everything. Right. Todd had one of those. 
Yeah, of course I did. Did yeah, you? It was literally his dump house. It was it was not dump for living house. in. It was for storing all of his shit. Did it crash? Yes. And I had a corner for bones and yep. nothing but bones. And yeah, it was, it and was he had great. he had a whole room that was just for skulls. Like every skull, skull he ever collected, it was just I skulls. Love this. And that's how I found out about the cheese bug. So it worked out. <laughs> did it crash the game? No. Really? Wow. No. I would have expected it to with all the entities. As you walk in the room and everything goes flying everywhere. That that is fun though. Yeah. If you have a room with a lot of stuff in it, the game eventually just places everything in midair and says, fuck it, and just drops it. So when the, you enter it in, everything just drops from the side of the I ceiling. love that. That's funny. Hey, that's the dump house. Right. ICS had the sweat house. We got the dump house. <laughs> Geek shock dump house. And then of course we've got a little bit of Minecraft time in. Wonderful. And we hit 14 people on the server at one time. I Damn. think that's a new, that's new record. Yeah. We had no game issues. It was nice. So it's been really fun. Town is getting super populated. There's stores super popping populated. up ridiculously fast. And some of them are really cool. So I'm really excited to kind of see what people are building. The casino is making a lot of progress. I just put in half of Plinko. Uh, half of Blackjack is built already. It's ginormous. I, I, I'm sorry that I'm not on there as much. One of the big reasons, uh, you'll see when I've been on there that I keep falling out of the program. I keep getting Java exception errors in mine. So, so your computer? Yeah. So a lot of yeah. it comes down to my computer. But that is something that's getting rectified very, very soon. So yeah. once, uh, the, uh, once I get a new computer here, I will be able to play a little better. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Steve, what'd you do this week? And keep it goddamn short. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how dare you? How dare you? Uh, well, I've been trying to get some sleep. Uh, that's been the big thing. Superman and Lois has started up again. It's second season. Uh, I really love that show. I love what Tyler Hecklin's doing with it. Uh, every time I think that the adult characters are going to start doing the teen angst thing, they don't. It's really cool. <laughs> and so I, I'm really loving that show um, and I love Tyler Hecklin's take on it I love the writer's take on the character even when things like even when the teen angst stuff with the sons does start going he and Lois talk it out uh, and even when she gets a little meh she will eventually become the adult and go okay I overreacted to that a little bit so I'm I'm really liking the way that they are making a differentiation between here are our adult characters and here are the teen angsty characters. Then the other thing is, yeah, I'm cat sitting here in Vegas for uh, my uh, actual ex-wife. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was just, again, with my pinched nerve haze going, oh, okay, what's, what's on Netflix? I think I was watching something on Netflix. And so I was just kind of going through the, you know, here's what's available. I go, oh, yeah, third season of Lost in Space. So I've been, uh, I was binging that today. It's that's if you haven't watched it, I give it a shot. I I love this take on Lost in Space. It's it's really good. And Final third season, season, right? Yeah. yeah, third season is the last one. And and yeah, and it's really good. So I think that's that will cover what geeky things that I do this week. Vlarg, what you do? Minecraft. I had a feeling that was it. That was it. That's it. That's it. Well, He's been I, doing okay. a lot of building this week. It's not geeky, but we did go into nature yes. on this weekend for a friend's birthday. We went to Zion and walked around. Oh, All nice. I could hear in my head was Skyrim music. <laughs> the whole time we're going up this hill and he's just like, 
hearing Skyrim. He's he's underselling the walk around. Tell him how many miles you did on your your hike, Barry. How many did I do? It was like eight. I went outside and walked like eight miles. I'm, and, I'm and proud of you. I wore pants. Zion's pretty. Very most proud. of those trails are up some pretty steep hills, wow. so it wasn't an easy hike for sure, especially for someone who's been sitting on his ass. And and, and did you recover from it well? Yeah, that's a, that's fantastic. I just did, when they were telling me when they got back, I'm like, I don't believe it. I call bullshit. And <laughs> no, apparently they had the photos to prove it. And he didn't yep. complain. Yeah, because that I don't. Now buy. I no longer buy any of it. <laughs> Yeah. Nope, nope, didn't happen. This is a complete work I, of fiction. I, wow. didn't, I didn't have the words to complain with. <laughs> what, you <laughs> sell those off too? Wait. No, you, I will say at the end, he was dragging. He was like, he was like walking dragon? very slow. I was trying to hold yes. it. Because I didn't have the right shoes. Were you shattering? Wait, too what do you mean you didn't have the right much. shoes? What did you wear? Well, Fresh. I wore my, my boots, Air. but they're, they're just a little tight. I need to get new boots. So it hurt All a right. little bit, but I just sucked it up. So. And complain when we got in the car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of you. And the entire drive back? No. Oh, actually. okay. Yeah. yeah. I had a nip of whiskey. Everything's fine. <laughs> that fixes all things. It does. Matt, what'd you do this week? I actually did something. Tell me about <gasps> it. Tell me about I it. I binged Shit. the latest season of Cobra Kai. Nice. Terry Silver is amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've gushed yeah. enough about the show. I'm not going to say any more yeah, about same, it. But, 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 but go ahead. Or is that all you got That's all I got. Oh, okay. That's, all I got. That's all I got. I, I enjoy it. I, I, I can't wait for the next season. Like I'm like you. I just want to rewatch the whole thing again. But, Are they doing uh, one more season? Yeah. At yeah. least one more. Yeah. At least one. Possibly really? two. Yeah. It is very popular. Yeah, but, I still uh, haven't watched this, this their big most thing recent. Is bringing back old characters. Uh, are they going to bring back the, the next Karate Kid? Uh, well, it's a possibility, apparently, according to the producers. Or the corpse of Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> so uh, suddenly a zombie film. I don't know if anybody has asked Hillary Swank as far as in interviews if she's willing to come back, but uh, but yeah, that is a place they could go. It, it's one of those weird things because Next Karate Kid is not considered canon by a lot for some reason, even though it does have Mr. Miyagi in it. Right. I've never seen it, and I've seen all. I've even seen the reboot of Karate Kid, and Ugh. that I one gonna, I didn't see. I was going to well, say, are they going to bring songs, back right? Jaden, yes, yeah. Yeah. the Taekwondo Kid? They should. <laughs> oh, they should. it's not. <laughs> well, it was funny too because it was Kung Fu Kid. Yeah. But yeah, I got Chan I, in there. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. I mentioned it before, but what, since you mentioned Terry Silver, I like how they established his behavior in the Karate Kid Three, and how and why he acted that way in that movie in Cobra Kai because it makes total sense. It the fleshed way they, out a character. Yeah, because yeah. like, just like you said, Todd, he is like a straight-up comic book villain in, in Karate Kid 3. Like, he's like, or more of a cartoon villain, I think you said, actually. And it's hilarious when you look back at it. It's just like completely ridiculous. But then the way they explain that in this current season, you're like, okay, now that makes sense. The, the character's behavior makes total sense now. I, I love that how they did so, that. So, what he like came out of a comic book universe or something? Uh, God, is it a spoiler to say why at this point? Yes, for for number oh. three. Okay, no, just how how <laughs> how the, how he explains why he acted the way he did in. No, in I, don't, I don't think that's a spoiler. No, yeah, he, that he talks about anything. being, you know, coked out of his mind. And, yes. And, oh, that makes and, sense. Looking standard eighties explanation for therapy. anything. Yeah. <laughs> 
they, it oh goes, my god, that's even more meta. That's yeah. wonderful. It's it's it, and it's like I said, it's it's completely. You're like, oh yeah, duh. They could have easily explained that in the movie at the time and didn't. Just like just like. Oh yeah! All right, uh, wax on, wax off. Give me a mirror. Sweep the legs. <laughs> and looking back at it, Terry Silver in three is absolutely coked out of his mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is hilarious and perfect. So Very good. So, so Steve, uh, Steve. So, so Jeff. Aside from being coked out of your mind, what else did you do this week? I uh, watched a few movies. Um, one on Netflix. Uh, actually, I take that back. All three of them were on HBO Max. First one I watched was The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Ryan Reynolds, Sam Jackson, Selma Hayek, Antonio Banderas. Uh, it was a fun movie, a fun action movie, comedy. I think the three leads, uh, Selma Hayek, Ryan Reynolds, and Samuel Jackson play very well together. It's, it's, it's definitely more of Ryan Reynolds doing the whole, I really don't want to be here, but... I'm here, and I'm just going to make the best of it. Kind of, as, that a, kind as of an character. actor or a character? As a character. Oh, okay. <laughs> as a character. No, he, he, he brings it. But, I mean, there's so few actors that can pull that off, that whole that, that's, that character writing of, you know, the, oh, I don't want to be here. I just want to go home. And then making it not aggravating, that you just want to turn the thing off. So that was the first one I watched. Uh, and like I said, really enjoyed that. Uh Second movie, uh, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. I should mention that again. Uh, the next one I watched was The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which I don't rem- know if anybody remembers from the 80s. I mean, half of our listeners probably weren't born at that time. But, oh, uh, yes. Uh, the Jim and, it's basically the story of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. The reason I decided to watch it is because it does have two of my favorite uh, current actors. It has Andrew Garfield playing James Baker God. and Jessica Chastain in prosthetics, doing a fantastic characterization of Tammy Faye Baker. I mean, she captures so much of the on-screen, on-screen characteristics that Tammy, Tammy Faye Baker did in all the things you saw her in, and whether it was on PTL or if it was on interviews on television, you know, in front of the courthouse, etc. Really fantastic performance. So, uh, Wait, and what's, what's PTL? Praise, Praise the, the Lord. Lord. Oh, that was the name of their satellite, <laughs> their satellite twenty-four hour Christian network. Yeah, the PTL Club, which where I grew up, a lot of people watched it. Yeah, that was a big thing. Not that, myself, it, but she uh, that makeup. Yeah, the makeup she had to put on her eyes. She said, yeah. actually, kind of damaged her eyes. Yeah, uh, it was yeah, I did. Pretty nasty. Yeah, I did Tammy see Faye some of the, or the actress. Uh, Chastain. Jessica Chastain. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, it's such a it's such a tough topic for because I do feel like a lot of actors do not need the prosthetics to perform the character. I think a characterization of the character is good enough in most cases because most of the time you're not going to look exactly like the person you're cast as, mm. you know, especially a real life person. But I will say that they, you know, with that choice, they did do a really good job with her her makeup. Well, it's also and, tough because and, uh, Tammy Faye is so yes distinct. I mean, very that's part of her like, brand. Yes. actually, yes, exactly. She had like uh, the big bouffant hair, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, she went Squared through multiple face, yeah. lots of layered on makeup, and yeah, and she went through multiple hairstyles through the you know the one of the funniest the t-shirts of the eighties was is somebody. Yes, it's a white T-shirt and it has like slops of black. It, it looks like a c- kind of a clown face that was yeah. just quickly slap, 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 
and the the caption reads, uh, "Sorry, I'm late. I ran into Tammy Faye." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yes. Uh, if you ever get a chance to check it out, it's on HBO Max. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, and for those of you that performed. do remember Jim Baker and and, oh, and the whole God. debacle. He's still here. He's still yes. doing it. He's he still is. doing awful, worse than he ever was. Yeah, quite frankly, uh, I, I believe he was. Uh, they had to stop him at some point, like federally, had to stop him because his show was selling a COVID cure when the COVID began. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but he but he mostly makes his money selling buckets of uh, instant food for preppers. So yeah, that's the the Alex Jones model. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like Alex Jones, but dumber. Yeah, he he wow. is he's just like you said, he's back to doing his same old shtick again and you know, conning people out of money. Grifter's uh, got Tammy, a grift, man. Tammy Faye has since passed on, but uh but yeah. And they it's divorced crazy. Oh yeah, they they, yeah. they divorced while he was in prison for uh for racketeering and uh, racketeering. and fraud. I think it was fraud and racketeering if racketeering. I remember correctly. But f- I know fraud for sure. But uh yeah. Uh, American American religion. Are you talking about um, Jim Baker, that one? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jim Baker and Tammy Faye Baker. Yep. Yeah, it says he got he got put in jail for sexual misconduct. Uh, that probably too. There were all and, kinds uh, of stuff like that harassment going out like around that. that time. Oh, uh, and, yeah, and yeah. then I oh. guess the the things ongoing. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the last thing I did uh, is I watched. The last fact checking got got Yandy. I got Yandy. This one's for you, buddy. <laughs> Uh, I watched The Last Duel. That's a Ridley Scott film starring uh, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, and Ben Affleck. That's right. Matt That's Damon. Now. Uh, it is, it's on HBO Max. Uh, it's been out for a while. It's definitely a Ridley Scott film, so <laughs> get ready for that. So when you I, say that, what do you mean? Oh, and Jodie Jody Comer. I almost forgot so, to mention so, her. So it's, jo- so it's she, a Jodie Comer film? Yeah, she, she turns in a fantastic performance uh, in this one. But you, say uh, it's a, you said it's a Ridley Scott film. Be ready for that. What does that mean? Yes. yes. Ridley Scott has a very distinct style. Typically, I don't know if you want to call it drawn out, but longer I think scenes. You can call it drawn out. Drawn out. Yeah. Longer scenes between uh, cuts. Uh, typically, a lot of dialogue in between the action. I don't know. Help me out, Steve. What, what would you also half a helmet? As a Ridley Scott. You get half a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> and you fight the duel. Right. Right. You uh, have to see. Yeah. But I mean, he he just has a very distinct filmmaking style. So, if you're if you're expe- expecting a quick like hour and a half movie, this is oh, not that. It's yeah. about two and a half hours long, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So just it- re- just remember an idea. Ridley Scott's idea for an action movie is Alien. Right. <laughs> that's not an action. Or Gladiator. I mean, exactly. It's a suspenseful thriller film. That's, that's yeah. exactly. Yeah. It. Or Gladiator. Yeah, Gladiator is a good example too. Uh, but anyway. Uh, Great performances by Matt Damon and Jodie Comer. I think Jodie Comer really steals the show. I think her performance far outshined uh, Damon, even though it's mostly her and Damon and Adam Driver that are the kind of the, the three central characters of the story. And they kind of approach it from the perspective of those three in different chapters. Um, but it's, it's set in, uh, I believe it's 14th century France. And um, it follows these three characters. Um, Matt Damon plays a, uh, a, well, he eventually becomes a knight, but he's a uh, soldier basically going out and 
fighting wars and making money off of doing that. And then uh, Jody Comer is his wife. Adam Driver is supposed to be his best friend. The um, story centers around the the wife character being uh, assaulted by Adam Driver's character, and then whether it did or didn't happen is Isn't that, kind of the central part of the story. There's kind of a Rashomon thing to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So um, eventually they agree to do this uh, duel to the death. Which is historical. Yes, it is historical, yeah. Um, elements of the story are historical fact. Um, everything else is, you know... Ridley Scott embellishment. So. Right. I think this is the official last judicial yeah. combat uh, in European yes. medieval what have you. Because the king at the time thought it had been outlawed, uh, even though no firm declaration had ever been made, which is why they are allowed to do this. But this was the very last of that type of duel, which leads to the title. Um, but, I, you know, if you're looking for an interesting... Um, movie uh set in that time period and uh some pretty interesting action sequences especially the the duel itself that you see at the end of the film you see elements of it at the beginning and then they do that whole flashback thing but uh it's it's a fun uh, not fun but an interesting movie to watch (laughs) fun was the wrong word excuse me so it's not a fun movie i meant to say fantastic movie okay and fantastic but not fun don't go in expecting fun the the word got shifted there puckish satire Uh, of contemporary but yeah it's a it's a fairly serious serious film it's a shifted movie yes anyway last duel hbo max uh i feel bad I feel bad you because <laughs> I feel bad because I feel like I should like Peacemaker more than I do. Aww. Really? Yeah, and and I'm a bit surprised by it. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm still watching it, uh-huh. and I find parts of it entertaining. And part of me is going, "Where is this going?" Uh, I think one of the reasons I'm not caring for it so much in, is because I don't like anybody, and. It's just I, I think it's a, a bunch of irredeemable characters, but which is fine if I cared about the story underneath it. But they're the the story's getting piecemealed so slowly through. We got the third episode, and they're starting to kind of make sense of what the story's going to be. Uh, but I'm still not quite sure. So, so instead, an, I'm watching uh, a character piece of characters I don't care to watch. So you're one episode behind then, right? Yeah, I haven't watched episode four yet. Okay. I'm three episodes in. So yeah, it could change on the next one for me completely. Who knows? Uh, it might, actually. And I feel that the writing in it, some of it feels really forced, which is a weird thing for me to say for a James Gunn picture, because it's the first time I've said this about a James Gunn picture. I've enjoyed all the stuff I've seen of his. Uh, but like... There are character scenes where characters talk to each other. They're like, that doesn't have a point, and it just seems like it's shooed in. And it's it's like, that is obviously supposed to be a piece to get us endeared to the characters, but it didn't. For example, uh, this last episode had a the argument, the Berenstain Berenstein argument of the Berens, of the uh, Berenstein, Berenstein Bears. Bears. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why, why was that even in there? It makes no sense that it was in there. And I, I, it, it just seems like forced comedy to me. And, and I guess that's really it. I am watching something being crafted, and I don't want to watch that. I want to watch organic things happening, where I'm watching actors read a script. So, so it's a little squeakor. 
Is that is that what squeak horror is? The I, actors I, read a script. Uh, well, the Berenstain Berenstain reference, that that pop culture I, I incorporation of a. I don't mind that if it seems organic to the moment. If it fits. Well, could it be Joss Whedon is ghostwriting because he needs some work? <laughs> James is tossing. Oh no, he he, uh, he uh, came clean on the whole. Uh, on the oh whole, yeah, I, I, I heard yeah, about yeah. him uh, fessing up. Yeah. Fessing up, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, so, quote unquote. I don't hate it, but I don't like it, hmm. and and I'm sad because I thought I really would. There's I mean, so much media out there. Don't devote your time to it if you're not into it, man. I'm gonna see yeah. it through because one. Yeah, it, it's it, it's entertaining enough to watch. It's not that I I'm not hate watching it. I'm enjoying what I'm watching overall. It is a superhero show done by James Gunn, who is directing it, and is a fantastic director. I can't fault the directing of this whatsoever. Uh, but I don't know if it's a, a writing the the script. I don't know if it's the actor's delivery, a combination of that plus the the directing. I don't know, but it's not clicking with me. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I, I, all the characters are not meant to be likable. And They're I get all it. terrible people. And and, and, and that's that's, I, and that's the whole thing. And that can't be it because that uh, that can't be it because I enjoy stories like that. I, I enjoy yeah. Reservoir Dogs. There right. are no redeeming characters in Reservoir nope. Dogs. Right. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They're yes, all scumbags. Exactly. But it's hilarious. It's, I, so it's something in the script. If Boy. only if only we had a DC expert to comment. <laughs> I just I. Get to episode four. Yeah, I think you'll be fine. Um, the this that there's no redeemable character. No, there's the there's spoiler. No, alert for, do not spoil it. Okay, you, if you if you, we'll do a spoiler talk later on. There's one character that. Um, if you can't say it without spoiling it, don't say it. <laughs> it's a good story here. Steve. Finish, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cut, yeah. and scene done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was great that we heard from the DC. Oh, wow. th- yes, person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we had one. I, yeah. Well, I, uh, we, yeah. I get, uh, yeah, why do I have to wait? For, yeah. Why do I have to wait for four episodes for the thing to get good? You know, why does it got to be like Star Trek: The Next Generation, where I got to <laughs> get to the first season, then you'll really like it? No, I don't have time for that. Um, be good out right out the gate. Well, it, have you watched it? No. Well, then <laughs> shut up. I'm saying in general, <laughs> it's DC. You know it's gonna suck. No, it doesn't oh, suck. DC TV? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, DC animated? Come on. Okay, DC animated is solid. Exactly. Yeah. So you can't say DC just sucks all oh, shit. In general. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I, I would say get through get through episode four and then I'll I'll talk to you again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, is, is that a threat? Yeah. There's a thing that there's a thing that happens you and I with talk. <laughs> with at least three or four characters in episode four, and one in particular, that it's like, oh, oh, okay. I actually do like a lot of the characters in it. I, I, I can see what they're doing so far as the character building in the in the show, and I am floored by just how good Cena has been. Yeah, in, in the thing, he has been good. Yeah, I, I can't uh, fault most of the actors and what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and I loved him in the Suicide Squad film. Yeah, yeah. And I just... <laughs> so I did... I binged the first three episodes last week. And then this week I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, Peacemaker dropped. So I, I I watched... And then that stupid freaking title sequence came up. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's in this thing too. It took me by surprise probably because I'm hazy from not sleeping. But okay. I was like... <laughs> 
And this is the last thing we're going to say about Peacemaker. Then I'm going to move on. Okay. I love that title opening thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I I love how not into the dancing everyone is. I love everything about it. Yeah. There's dancing. What I yes. what okay. I hate. Oh, you haven't seen it. Oh my god, it's what I hate joyous. is for and I and I even enjoy the title song. I love it, but that song puts Avril's, Avril Lavigne's complicated in my head every single time oh, afterwards. What? There, there is a oh boy, every single time I I know I've watched Peacemaker because I have complicated in my head for the rest of the night. Is this a musician thing? There there are there are similarities in that song. In the tone. Not even the tone. It's yeah. it's in, it's in the notes and okay. in the chord progression that launches that complicated in my head every single time. Every single time. So I guess you're going to be hitting skip intro every time. No, because I love the intro. So I'm <laughs> yes. willing. I'm willing to take the hit because that's that's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> I do love that even the star of the show looks like he's not into the whole. Oh thing. yeah, and, and like, I, I read an interview with the guy that plays John Economos. Hmm. And he said that was all on purpose. Yeah. That was the whole thing of the deadpan was completely on purpose for everyone. And I mean, there's <laughs> the one, because she's kind of a side character. Um, she just has this one great thing where she's double flipping off. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again? Nobody heard you. Oh, I think they did. Uh, where, she has the, where she has the double flip off, and it's brief, and it's and I'm just, I got it killed me. It snuck up on me this time because I had forgotten Fireball. that it existed, and no. then it, the sequence came up, and I was just, <laughs> I was dying. Kate, what'd you do this week? Uh, well, I started working on NPCs because we got D and D coming up. Yeah, and um, one shot, right? Yes, one okay. shot. So how do you get your NPC names? Do you just flip through the Ikea catalog? Uh, <laughs> no, seriously. That's what Barry did. Well, I... Uh, that makes all I the mean, sense. You know, yeah. uh, well, something like that. I just, I hate the DMs who are like, I'm Frank. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Richard. And then you're just sort of like, dude, that, that isn't a... Richard is a medieval name. It, it was royal. And it's like, don't... You're not getting how to put someone in another world. So I actually kind of like to lean Lovecraftian and just start just like throwing consonants and vowels together. <laughs> there are Lovecraftian name generators on the web that I'll use. For scenarios, it's really fun because they don't have as many now. They've closed down. But there used to be some good metal album <laughs> title generators. So, you know, you get cool names for scenarios like Cathedral of the Damned, you know, the Silence of the uh, Ecstatic Agony and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah. So, so I like to use that stuff. Let's say we're tooling around in an adventure and I don't want to go to that place. I want to go to this other like bar that you didn't plan for. Oh, okay. A bar. So I go to the bartender. What's his name? Uh, f- uh, Frank. <laughs> That's what I thought. Bartender number two. Yeah. yeah. This uh, this friend of mine was he put a he put a um, uh, a post out to the hive mind. He goes, I need names that don't sound European, that don't sound like they're from an Earth language. Guys, throw me out some names. So I just did. I was like, I was like, there's learn. There's Glargal. There's and the same thing. Just throwing consonants and vowels yeah. together. And and he was like, how do you even pronounce those? I go, just the way they're spelled. Yeah, really. 
it's kind of <laughs> obvious, isn't Feel it? Feel it out. You know, yeah. if it's not a specific origin, then you know, if, if it's a GH, you pronounce the GH. Yeah, it's not a silent GH or or an, or an HL. That or TL. I love how people just panic at that. One DM I've had actually has dyslexia. So some of my names really fuck with them. Poor person because they're not sure what the hell I'm trying to do. So I do feel bad about that. But generally, yeah, just, yeah, the Lovecraftian generators are really cool. They're. They're orc, they're elvish, it's really fun. You got elf generator. Do you want it Tolkien-ish? Do you not want it Tolkien-ish? Yep. It's really kind of hilarious. And Do you like prep a, a list of, of uh, names to have at the ready in case someone goes to some weird shop that you haven't planned for? Uh, generally, no, because I'm the I'm the cheating DM who, uh, we're not going to go to that store. We're going to go to that store. And it's like, to oh, be the same store. yeah. And I just you know <laughs> shift the notes over and, oh, wow, that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like when some people talk about, oh, my whole campaign went off the rails because they went left instead of right. And I'm like, what? That's a problem? <laughs> yeah. try, next time, try prepping a few names. That way, when they walk into the store, the first thing they do is ask the guy's name. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's Flurn Hurgatergen. Yeah. And then you're Norwegian talk for a bit. On. I know. Bork, bork, bork. And they'll they'll talk to the guy and they'll 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 yes. do their own uh, role play. I'm, Meanwhile, you're behind the curtain just typing and googling as fast as you can trying to put up uh, stats for the guy and mm-hmm. all the stuff that's in the store so it seems seamless. Sure. Which is always fun. That and just get, seriously DMs get the IKEA catalog. There you go. There's all the names There's you'll that. ever need. And be prepared for that random ass you just created on the fly character to become a huge part of the story. Oh, it's huge. always that way. That yes. that I've had. I had like a goblin. One, one time, <laughs> I I uh, actually it was really funny. Kind of similar to Splurg. I I tazified um, a character. He was a little uh, like server. Tasmanian a, devil. No, like my dog Taz. Oh, Taz. He was an anthropomorphic Taz, and he just. And I just, oh, yeah, it kind of looks, you know, like, and I tr- I described the Shih Tzu without the saying Shih Tzu. And everybody came to like him, and they eventually recruited him to go with them on an adventure and stuff. And it was like, I really hadn't planned all this. But <laughs> it, the damnedest ones will take off. So, I also tried to hate watch uh, Death Stalker 2. Oh, wow. Because this... Uh, um, this, How this, do you hate watch? Sorry. Well, you just you go in knowing you're going to hate it, yeah. and you just you just go to work. Just turn know. on an episode of uh, I don't know Fox News, and that's how you hate there watch. You go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's okay. basically how Barry uh, approaches life. Yeah. So yeah, um, but anything where people sing, hate yeah. live. It it it. <laughs> hate <laughs> live. <laughs> get up in the morning. I'm like, let's get through this. God damn it! I survived another yeah, fucking. God damn, woke up shit. Yeah, really. <laughs> but it's really funny because it, this Discord I'm on, a lot of people are like, "This is one of the most sword and sorcery movies of all time," and it's just you know, don't watch any of the others, but this one is, and I'm watching it, and I'm just like, oh god. I couldn't. I couldn't actually get through it, so I was just kind of like, uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm personally offended that anybody would think higher of this movie than they would of Hawk the Slayer. Oh yeah, which is just the the greatest movie. By the way, mm-hmm. it's funny Hawk the Slayer. There's this one, <laughs> one YouTuber, Scola Gladiatoria. Oh okay. He actually talks about medieval arms and armaments. He's a he's a 
a HEMA practitioner. He does tons of stuff in European martial arts, uh, medieval European martial arts stuff. And um, he did a nice long rant about Last Duel because uh, he was just like, this is not a helmet. And he's holding up the iconic, (laughs) you know, you didn't know what, this is not the helmet. And he was taking Scott to task for his whole, well, people didn't watch the movie because they're busy with their phones. And he's like, Uh. maybe the people who would have loved watching this movie would have watched it if you had had historically accurate arms and armor. And also, directors, the Middle Ages had color. Stop this dull wash, which is, I think, one of the biggest statements of all. Because that's like a lot of us on this Sword and Sorcery server will complain that one of the things the Conan 82 and, as a result, subsequent barbarian movies created was that Sword and Sorcery is all shades of brown hey steve right. what was it like when the world was all fuzzy and in black and white yeah <laughs> uh you know it, old joke uh he's kind of fuzzy right now <laughs> yeah. so. a little fuzzy. <laughs> i feel very fuzzy. but anyway i was just like uh, i was so upset but anyway my point there was he put up this image of jack palance's voltan from hawk the slayer because voltan has a half face uh helmet because he's blind in one eye, so one side is actually blocked off. And I just thought that was a great reference and was really happy that a, a YouTuber stood up for Hawk the Slayer, the greatest fantasy movie of the 80s. <laughs> I don't know. So, IMDb's got it 5.4 out of 10. I, you know what? <laughs> it's just it's, it's cruel. It's mean when people don't recognize... Better than the greatness. Beastmaster? Better than Lady Hawk? Boy, well, Lady... See okay, now, yeah, now yeah. I'm bringing up. Well, you're bringing out the big guns because yeah. Lady Hawk is fan- labyrinth, right? Oh, what? What labyrinth? What? what? No, I'm not saying labyrinth is bad. I just don't associate it with like sword and sorcery. Okay. Oh okay. yeah, no, I, I don't no, that's like a fantasy. Film. Okay, it is. It's a just fantasy straight film. fantasy. Sure. Right. Where, where does Conan fa- fall on your list? Well, actually, the greatest Conan. Well, he 82. just said Hawk the Slayer is the greatest. Well, well he's wrong. <laughs> Conan eighty two. <laughs> Is probably my Three. opinion is the best fantasy movie I do of like the eighties. So even when you're stacking up against like Legend or Lady Hawk or uh, Labyrinth or you know whatever. See, I put Legend and Labyrinth in the same boat. They're very sure. fantasy, mm-hmm. but it's like sword and sorcery. Right. I, okay. I don't see. I, I don't see. see Legend. I don't. I'm not as big on the delineation. So that's one of the cool things that we argue well, about on that Discord. Now we're back thing, to categorization. Labyrinth yeah. had music. It had songs and singing. It's very different than a lot so it's of a the musical. other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's David Bowie. It. Or, you, well, yeah, I David Bowie. It's a package. I just it's a totally <laughs> different type of film. I just film. don't like the part so where they sing and dance. So you're oh. saying it's like Knight's Tale. Okay. So oh, let's oh, just. Oh, oh no. Uh, <laughs> you're just giving Todd too much to work with. I love here. that movie. So, but the <laughs> thing about thank you, Deb. It's a fine film. Yes, it is. The thing about lies about Hawk the Slayer was the heart. Of that movie. There was no point in that movie when the producer walked up to the writers and was, well, the producer was a writer, but it was like, I promised the investors a rape scene. You know, <laughs> there wasn't that in there. And <laughs> the, the movie had tri- Plus. That's, that's a Corman story from okay. uh, one of the Corman pictures of an episode you obviously did not listen to. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but the heart in uh, Hawk the Slayer is just. Uh, tremendous, which is the reason why I love it. Because it is cheesy, 
it is it does get goofy but um it has tremendous heart so and i just could not do that with death stalker too it's just death stalker that's supposed to be his name and in in death stalker 2 it's funny because one of the funny things about it is they abandon it it's like a totally different movie so this one he's roguish he's smiling he's you know you mean like highlander 2 uh not even highlander well no not like that but <laughs> he he's just like this roguish swashbuckling dude now at one point the you know the actress who's obviously banging a producer is like, what's your name? And he's like, oh, Death Stalker. And she's like, Death Stalker? Yeah. Is that your first name or your last name? Oh, and he eye rolls. And I'm like, oh, God, just wow. fucking kill me in my sleep. Oh, and by the way, there were no sequels to Highlander, Deb. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say the sequel. I said Highlander 2. That's right. No, 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 no. You're not getting what I'm saying. <laughs> There were no sequels to Highlander. None. That's right. None. That's like there's really zero. There's only three Star Wars movies, right? Uh, well, two and a half. Um, but curse uh, your name. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I think that's what's comment worthy. I, you know, I, I, oh, I've started reading my brother's book that he uh, self-published, Law Dog. My brother is a Western enthusiast over-the-top, crazy, insane. He was the type of kid back in the 50s who had the little pop guns and the holster and, and the hat and the vest and, and wore them every time he watched a wagon trail or gun smoke or whatever the hell was on. Bonanza? Bonanza, the works. And he's deeply researched. So this book is interesting because this guy is flashing back to his time in the Mexican War and the Civil War leading up to this uh, Western era that he's playing a law dog. And it's about what happened to this guy in the past that made him so passionate about getting the bad guy. Um, so it's been very interesting, and I really have been enjoying it. So nice. I do recommend my, my brother's book for those who can. And if you like it, oh, here's another thing. If you like it, go and rate it on Amazon. Now, I think we've touched upon Amazon ratings before. Mm -hmm. But somebody actually, I saw this breakdown of how Amazon actually looks at its ratings. Mm -hmm. And really, it's like, if you're giving less than a five, you're actually kind of hurting the author. A five-star rating, Amazon's interpretation is, I like this book, and I will read other stuff this author has done. Four stars is sort of like, I like this book, but I don't know if I'm going to read anymore. And three stars is, I wasn't too happy about this book. I'm definitely not reading this anymore. Down the line. So it's like, if you're giving less than five stars in your own personal rating system, you're actually being honest to yourself. But in the way Amazon's algorithm works, you're actually hurting someone you like. So Amazon's rating algorithm is the same as Applebee's. <laughs> Kind of, sort of. Okay. If you like this person and you want their books to sell, it, it, for a lot of people, it may stick in the craw. But don't think of it, don't think of it as the, the star system is an absolute that you're measuring up against. Think of it as translating your feeling into the language of the ratings. And if you like this person and you're going to read them again, do five stars. Because if you do three, 
If you're honest and you're like, well, it was it was okay. I, I don't Amazon, know, but Amazon it was. Amazon the book. You know, the, the Amazon. <laughs> what it does is when they get below a four and a half average, they don't they don't advertise it. They don't throw it out there as much. Four and a half stars, dude. It's like it's crazy. So if they they need they need those higher ratings for Amazon to just be pushing it in everybody's face every time they log on and all those little Google ads, the whole works. So what you're telling me is that the people that log on to books and give ratings because they don't like the politics of the author tank the book just out. Oh, just, definitely. Yeah. Those one stars are definite tanks, and those are nasty. And yeah, people do get uh, get uh, review bombed like that. That's a favorite, especially a right wing tactic. But everybody does it. I mean, there'll be concerted groups. So then you have. Um, other supportive people who will organize Google bombs. I uh, I made that joke uh, actually to uh, to some people on uh, the other Discord server. It was kind of funny. It was like we can you know we can push things because uh, what the hell was it? That there's a, a sword and sorcery. The phrase right? There's a game called sword and sorcery. Okay. Not very good. Yeah. Oh, and one of the guys a board game video yes, game. Yes, board game. Okay. And one of the guys is commenting, God, that's the first thing that comes up on Google. I just hate that. It just kills me. And I'm like, we can change that. We can Google bomb it. Because what you do is you do a search and you click, right? When you, when you do your search, you click on what you're looking for. Google gets enough clicks that, that um, outnumber the other. It'll start raising it up so that when you put in the the search word boop the thing will come up top and there are there are authors who will organize google what they call google bombs where it's like when so when barry's book drops next week guys on tuesday can't wait everybody search yeah, for either. barry's book <laughs> and click on it because how to be a douche without really trying yeah there you go and what'll it happen itself. <laughs> is it actually goes up in the rankings and more and more people when they Google Barry Rob, they will get douche on the top. <laughs> and that's how a Google, Google bomb works. And they'll do that also for Amazon. They're like, buy the book, read it, and if you liked it, give it the five stars. So, and that is a recommendation I just want to make in general to people. If you get something off of Amazon and you want to go there and review it and you liked it, and you want this person to succeed, no matter what your honest feelings are, translate into Amazon language and give it the five stars. Look at Kirsten giving us a digital marketing talk, and it was all correct. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I give you four stars. <laughs> I was I was watching Barry watch me, and I'm just like, I'm waiting to, four stars, you fucker. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, so uh, my no, brother, digital marketing guy. Everything he said is right. Yeah, uh, uh, Law Dog. It's by my brother, B. Brian A. Bliss. It is on Amazon. Um, and uh, don't watch Death Stalker two. Watch Hawk the Slayer. And uh, I think I've covered everything. So Leon, Mitt, and uh, Ozzy Matt. We'll see you on Friday uh, awesome. as we're talking right now, right. basically. And board game players, we'll see you on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, we've got a little mail before we go on to news. Uh, hey, fellas and Deb, I want to start by thanking you for the last episode. It came at the right time. See, on Friday morning, January 21st, 2022, my grandma passed away. 
I was a little ways into the episode when I got the news, and the rest of the episode helped me get distracted long enough to get home and start processing. Both of my grandparents were huge influences on me. My grandpa loved stand-up comedy, music, and Jeopardy. My grandma, Carol, had a huge impact on my geekery. She adored Disney and old films. They were both avid readers. It was my grandma's idea to gift me a mass-market paperback copy of Stephen King's It for Easter in 1988. It took me two months to get up the guts to crack the book open again after little Georgie's arm was ripped off. (laughs) I asked Grandma why she would scare me with this book, and she apologized for not warning me and urged me to continue reading it and that she was certain that I would love the book. She was right. She kick-started my love for Stephen King and horror fiction in general. She had these Disney DTV videos that were collections of pop music videos using clips from Disney animation. Her house was the first place where I paid attention to Kiss on My List and Private Eyes to this day. I still think of Chip and Dale when I hear Private Eyes. She was a warm, loving lady. She'll be greatly missed. Something from the episode that really struck me funny was the red light, green light for the Flowers in the Attic series. Grandma was a V.C. Andrews reader. (laughs) It was a big help to hear Torgo mention the specific type of person who shopped in that section of the bookstore. I had a genuine laugh at that moment of the cast. It helped me go through my memories to find the warmest moments that I shared with my grandma and keep them fresh in my heart as I work on her eulogy. Whether you folks know it or not, your podcast is more than just a bunch of geeks talking shit. You spark memories and spread love. I appreciate that. I appreciate all of you, even Barry. Thank you for keeping this going. (laughs) Thank you for the and credit there. (laughs) And for being what I needed when I needed it most. Love you all. Justin, a.k.a. Froyog Soft Serve. So thank you so much for sharing that with us, Justin. And this episode is dedicated to Grandma Froyog. Simple as that. Absolutely. There we go. So thank you for sharing that and opening that part of your life up to us and the listeners. Uh, it's what part of being a shock monkey is all about. The, uh, the special connection that we all kind of have, that we're all this, this collection of friends and buddies across the world. When moments like this happen, we are there for each other. And it's amazing to me. Wow, so, you're making... Barry sick to his stomach. It's amazing <laughs> yeah, to me, no, not right? Barry. <laughs> We're not talking about Barry here. Barry's a jaded dick. We all no, know it. I'll take that. <laughs> I, I, to, to to make this about me for a moment. Of course, of course. Uh, did you check to see if I was recording? First? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, people, th- these stories, because this isn't the first grandma story. No, we've gotten and. Uh, I just want to stress, you guys are lucky. Um, mm-hmm. I actually uh, lost half of my grandparents before I really came of any age. Uh, it was ironic because it was like the grandmother on my mom's side and my grandfather on my father's side died when I was really young. I think my, my dad's father died before I was ever born. I slightly knew my dad's mother And it was really funny. I had so little contact with my dad's father. I did know him a little, but I had so little contact that when we all went to my brother's wedding when I was 12 years old, at one point, my granddad walked up to me and he was like, all these people here are my progeny. 
And it took one of my mom's friends to walk up and go, uh, Cecil, his name was Cecil. This is, this is Kirsten. This is your grandson. And he's just like, what? And, you know, because I'd grown and stuff. And he didn't recognize me. So. so I didn't really have those. I can't really talk about influences when I hear stories about books or games or stuff. The biggest thing I got is my, my ma, dad's mother was a, a jokester. And so one time, she, her favorite joke is when she's cooking, she'll take a spoonful of sour cream. Oh. And she'll be like, and she's Polish. Very thick accent, you know. English is like her, you know, fifth language. It's, it's very thick. <laughs> and, and very old school. My brother was telling me that when they did Vatican II, when they switched from Latin to your native language in the masses, she got pissed and wouldn't go back to church. <laughs> so... <laughs> We're talking old school. But she's like, surely, surely. And she'd call my mom. Surely, smell this. Is this good? Is this good? And my mom would lean over and she'd boop the sour <laughs> cream right on her face. And everyone would laugh and my mom would get so pissed. And that's like, that's like really the story I've got. So when you've got the, especially the grandma's like a Jake story with the stuff kept at home, at her home just for him. That's really something too amazing, and 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 boy oh boy, you people were lucky. And so, I know, I know, man, you're going through it right now, but you have got some great memories there, dude. And it's really great to hear, and it's really, really awesome. Yeah. So God bless you, and God bless her. Hugged your loved ones, people. I think Cecil is a great NPC name. <laughs> Yeah, Cecil Nowillicut. Yeah, yes. I don't. It's it's A C Brown, and I don't even know what the A stands for, but I know the C is Cecil. I think A stands for another. <laughs> Maybe because down south, yeah, another Cecil, <laughs> probably. Yeah, they were they were old school Central Florida, so yeah. <laughs> I like that another Cecil, <laughs> another one. Oh God. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move on. Let's do some news you don't give a shit about. Yeah! Right. Why are you cheering? Oh, oh. oh God, I forgot about the <laughs> <laughs> old face happy yeah, over here. Yeah, yeah, I know. Wow. Right. Does what is the opposite of stir my loins? What is? I don't. Shaking your loins? Shrivel like a stack of dimes? There you I go. don't know. <laughs> yeah, Shrivel shr- like a stack of dimes? Yeah, shrunk you up like a spider on a hot stove. Okay, that works. Are we doing Southernism now? Southernisms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another Cecil. <laughs> Retract like a turtle head. You should make an NPC <laughs> town full of people named, everyone's named Cecil for some reason. It's a big mystery. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Now, now, is there any, like, is there Cecil 1 or Red Cecil? No, or, they're all Cecil. They're all just Cecil. Because they, they would fight too much for one to be called Cecil 1 or Cecil right. A. Yeah. No, but they all season. own a hotel. Wasn't that in Monty Python, the Holy Grail? Hotel? Weren't they all okay. the sisters all right, in that a, tower that they went to there. all the same name? No. No. It's Bruce. Your name's not Bruce. Wow. Okay. I didn't. I'm sorry, Todd. I didn't mean to open that can of worms. <laughs> that can of Cecil's? That can of Cecil's. You just don't give a shit about a Christmas story. The holiday favorite about a boy. Whoa, why the hell is this a news you don't give a shit about? I knew it was going to strike. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my. Because he's using the word a holiday favorite facetiously. I am not. I love a Christmas story. <laughs> I absolutely adore that yeah. movie. Yep. I like it. Man, yeah. I'm right there with you. Oh, it is one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. It is yeah. Christmas. Wait, but I'm guessing. 
Well, like, oh, it's it's a it's about a boy in his quest to get a BB gun for Christmas. It's getting yeah. a decades later sequel with the original star Peter Billingsley. Uh, Billingsley will return to the role of Ralphie Parker. The original A Christmas Story film, released in 1983, chronicled Ralphie's quest to get his most prized Christmas gift of all, at all costs. Uh, though it was not successful upon its initial theatrical run, the film found a second life in the home video and cable markets and eventually became a Christmas staple. Yeah. In the years since A Christmas Story, Billingsley has been less active in front of the camera and considerably more active behind it, becoming a successful, successful producer whose credits include Dinner for Five, Iron Man, and F is for Family. He also directed the 2009 comedy Couples Retreat and appeared in John Favreau's Christmas classic Elf and the Marvel hit Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, for the new film, titled A Christmas Story Christmas, Billingsley will portray Ralph Parker as an adult in the 1970s who takes his own children back to the house on Cleveland Street in an effort to give them the same kind of magical Christmas he remembers from his childhood, as well as make peace with the memories of his old man. Aww. The film will be written by Chris Schneck, who did Cry Macho, and directed by Clay Cadis, the who did The Christmas Chronicles, and is expected to make its debut on HBO Max. Now, this is not the first effort to make a sequel to A Christmas Story. In 1994, original director Bob Clark returned to the Parker family for My Summer Story, a film that, like the original, was inspired by the writings of Gene Shepard. While it was intended as a direct sequel of sorts, My Summer Story featured an entirely different cast, save for Shepard himself, who served as narrator once again. Uh, and now another sequel materialized in 2012 with A Christmas Story 2, uh, though that film was not based on Shepard's writing, did not feature any returning cast members, and it's not worth your goddamn time. Yeah, I don't. I I love a Christmas story, but it is kind of a lightning in a bottle kind of thing. It's mm -hmm. it's a series of vignettes. There is a through story of such, but that's not what you go there for. You, it's the little character vignettes in between. It doesn't need a sequel. It was fine how it was. That's exactly it. Yeah. Eh. It, it, it reminds me of the reboot of Vacation, where Rusty takes his family on the, yeah. the great vacation to Wally World like his dad did years ago. Um, or the new Matrices came out. <laughs> or that. Yeah. Uh, to, to a lesser extent, sure. Christmas Story. Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I enjoyed The Last Vacation. I don't consider it anywhere near the original. Heck, I don't even consider it anywhere near European Vacation. Probably closer to Vegas vacation. I, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things. Is like, hey, you know what we're gonna do? We're we're, we're gonna do a sequel to uh, Miracle on Twenty Fourth Street. Uh, we're, we you know what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a sequel to It's a Wonderful Life. Why why go back and do it? It's not necessary. Right. Well, sequel to A Wonderful Life is A Wonderful Divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Miracle on Thirty Fifth Street. Yeah. I don't know. Christmas story, story. Christmas story, Christmas. It's, I, you know, with Billingsley's uh, producing cred, I, there are a ton of Gene Shepard stories that are just kind of aching for some kind of film adaptation. That that would be where I would go. What would any producer give you money for? It? I don't know. You know, just rack, <laughs> okay. up the, rack up the credit card. It's a... <laughs> well, what, there you go. What makes Christmas Story so enjoyable for those that like it? is it looks through that moment 
It takes place, what, in the 40s, right? 30s. In the 30s. 30s. It takes a look at the 30s through a kid's rose-colored glasses. Yeah. You know, it's... And it creates a nostalgia for a time that I've never existed in. <laughs> so, it, and, and that's what makes that neat. Wait a minute, thirties? Yeah. Late thirties, maybe 40s, early forties. I thought it was the fifties. Yeah. Yeah, I thought no. it was the fifties no, as well. Not. Uh-uh. It's not. No. Really? Yeah. The gauntlet has been thrown. I'm pretty so, sure it's not. I don't see that happening for the seventies at all. So that's really what that the film 70s was about. The seventies were a great time. I agree, but they're not doing that. Yeah, but. Billingsley, I mean, Ralphie's going to get laid by all sorts of people. Ralphie's got a family. Yeah, but it's the 70s, dude. He's going to have a big gold medallion. They're going to be in the... After they go to Cleveland, they're going to go to... Club? What the, yeah. yeah. They're going to hot tubs. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas Story is set in 1940. Yep. Yep. Huh. Right on it. All right. All right. Yeah, that's so not the 30s. So that's what that movie is. The 30s early 40s. That's, that's what we just said. Yeah. Re- re- review the tape. <laughs> Before the U.S. enters World War II. How about yeah. that? It's a better. Yeah. Pre-war. Yes. Well, it's yeah. it's a kid's look at 1940s. It's... Well, that just ruins my headcanon where he grows up to be the guy from Bad Santa. <laughs> and that's okay. Because <laughs> Bad Santa is an okay movie. I don't like you. Oh, Bad Santa is not a good movie. No, I, I really wow, don't like you. I, I agree. Jeff. Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. Oh, oh fuck! We're doing what? this. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> Sicker. Yeah. But Lion and Winter is. I was just chiming in on the conversation here. Yeah. <sighs> News don't give a shit about. A couple of fans of actress Anna de Armas. Is that how you say it, Armas? Yeah, I think so filed a class action lawsuit against Universal Pictures with the United States District Court. The pair of plaintiffs in the case, that's Connor Wolf and Peter Ruza, claim to have been misled by the advertising for the film yesterday. Wolf and Rosa each rented the film from Amazon for $3.99 based on the fact that Anna de Armas appeared in the trailer. The actress did not, however, appear in the film. The lawsuit accuses Universal Pictures of engaging in, quote, false, deceptive, and misleading advertising. The plaintiffs are looking to get $5 million from the company, quote, individually and on behalf of all the other similarly situated customers in order to obtain redress for those who have purchased, rented, licensed, or otherwise paid for attending showings of the movie yesterday, unquote. Uh, The defendant has not yet made any statement in his defense. Uh, Yesterday, the movie is about a struggling musician by the name of Jack Malik, who suddenly becomes the only person on the planet to remember the Beatles. Uh, Malik rockets to fame and fortune by reintroducing their songs to the world. Uh, The plaintiffs argue that, quote, among other deceptions... The defendant's nationwide advertising and promotion of the movie yesterday represents to prospective movie viewers that the world-famous actress Anna de Armas has a substantial character role in the film. The defendant's movie yesterday, however, fails to include any appearance of Anna de Armas whatsoever, unquote. Uh, Wolf and Rosa go on to say that, quote, because consumers were promised a movie with Anna de Armas by the trailer for yesterday, but did not receive a movie by any appearance of Anna de Armas at all, such consumers were not provided with any value for their rental or purchase, unquote. Fuck's sake. Anna de Armas takes on the role of Roxanne, who meets Malik on the set of The Late Late Show with James Corden. Malik performs a rendition of Something 
which endears himself to Roxanne. The scene, however, was cut from the film shortly before its release. The screenwriter behind the film, Richard Curtis, told Cinema Blend that it was, quote, a traumatic cut because she was brilliant in it, unquote. He went on to say that it was, quote, one of those things where it's some of our favorite scenes of the film, but we had to cut them for the sake of the whole, unquote. The plaintiff's call added to Armas a, quote, talented, successful, and famous actress, unquote. They point out her performances in Blade Runner 2049, War Dogs, Knives Out, No Time to Die, Blondie, and Knockout as evidence of her talent. The defendant is called upon to prove the contrary. God. I love these uh, lawsuits or petitions and shit like that. Listen, I would say, yeah, haha, the stupid lawsuit, but um, the Wisconsin judge suing and not letting nurses get out of a contract to go get another uh, better job at a different ho- uh, hospital, and that passed. So you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> this is going to pass. <laughs> I, gonna I can fun. see how it, it equates. Yeah. It's just say well, right I wonder what the statute of limitations is on this kind of thing, because I was promised John Lithgow an L.A. story, and he's gone from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> You're a millionaire, Steve. <laughs> right? Let's get right on this. Sit wow. down. Man. Okay. Yeah, so the combined $8 value. It yeah. somehow equates to $5 million in debt. I was promised an octopus in Goonies, and we never got it. I was, right? I was promised an octopussy, and I never saw one. Right? <laughs> it's kind of gross if you think about it. <laughs> oh, my God. These people are freaking delusional. It's crazy shit. Every, it's a big piece of dumb. They know a, it. Everyone knows it. Oh, my God. It, it, every time people talk about tort reform, I'm like, it's this kind of thing that puts that on the on the map and it's just like just throw it out well that's the thing it's not going to go anywhere yeah it's not going to go anywhere it's going to totally some lawyers are getting some money from these fools oh yeah see if mark toberoff is involved in this at all (laughs) yeah that's that's that has to be the thing it's like our our the mark toberoff segment you talk about some bullshit lawsuit, and then we try to trace it back to him, <laughs> just exploiting. Is there no punishment to- for frivolous litigation? It can no, be. There, there, there can be. The, yeah. the, the, one of the in civil, the closest you get, I think, is you pay the other person's fees. Right. If if you lose. So that's like what happened to uh, Stormy Daniels with the the Trump thing. So. And and we all know how that went. Six degrees of Toberoff. <laughs> Six degrees of Toberoff. I like it. New segment. Please, please go ahead. We need to sue somebody. Do we? This will get Geek Shock on the map. Uh, Barry, we need to make a new tier so okay. that when we hit the financial goal, we can afford to hire lawyers for a lawsuit. And then we got to find someone to sue. Barry. Because we have been disappointed. We don't sue ourselves. Although, if we lose, we end up paying ourselves. The f- Maybe that is a good idea. I don't know. Sue Barry for disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> I don't like any of these ideas. <laughs> but I think we, we could get on the map. This is, th- this is what could make us, guys... Make us enemy number seven. <laughs> oh boy. These are not heroes. No. <laughs> These are not people that we other don't people need look another hero. Yet we, but we need to know we the need, way don't to finish that this. song. We need mad clicks. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nobody's nobody's talking to me, folks. <laughs> I'm all alone. Can in I this sue argument. Captain but, Crunch because one time my my Captain Crunch cereal got soggy? Yeah. Or how about? 
the Cheeto puffs that like tear up the top of your mouth if you eat too many. Well, man. same thing with Captain Crunch. Yeah. Oh boy, we got a lot of lawsuits. Because yeah. Fuck oh, yeah. the roof of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and news you don't give a shit about. Uh, Fight Club has hit streaming services in China, but with a completely different ending. I heard about this. I heard about this. <laughs> the film, directed by David Fincher, follows Edward Norton's unnamed narrator and Brad Pitt's anti-consumerist, Tyler Durden. By the end of the movie, spoiler alert, the narrator realizes he and Durden are actually the same person. Norton's narrator kills his alter ego by shooting himself in the cheek, and he and Helena Bottom Carter's Marla Singer then watches explosions take out the buildings around them as part of Durden's Project Mayhem plans to wipe out debt. But... In the Chinese release of the movie on streaming service, uh, Tencent, uh, things don't play out that way at all. Uh, Vice reports that in the new ending, no buildings explode, and the scene is replaced by a text that reads, Though the cl- Through the clue provided by Tyler, the police rapidly figure out the whole plan and arrested all criminals, successfully <laughs> preventing the bomb from exploding. Oh, my God. After the trial, Tyler was sent to lunatic asylum, receiving psychological treatment. He was discharged from the hospital in 2012, unquote. <laughs> wow. wow. Why even bother showing the movie? Why even bother? It's a revenue stream. Because oh, the police the win. care about it, it becomes the the police state wins this whole thing that was against the police state to begin, which is how it's supposed to work in China. Vice notes that it's unknown whether the change was made due to government order or if it's down to self censorship. But a source says the copyright owner edited the film, which was then given government approval, then sold to streaming sites. Oh, boy, wow, wow. <laughs> So I mean, there's. It's like the DM giving up and saying, "You know what? Rocks fall. <laughs> You're all dead." Do we know if if Fincher Alan Smithied that because of the the change in the ending? There's nothing in the article I read that said that. Uh, I I haven't I, heard anything uh, about his I, reaction. I am sure this happened before he, he oh, was even aware. Of it. Hell, probably. So, uh, I mean, let's let's face it. When stuff goes to China, it gets heavily censored oh, all yeah. over the place. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the most funny ones I've ever seen. It yeah. is. It's crazy. I I can only laugh at it because I just think it's fucking funny. Um, you know, it makes Tyler Durden the hero for telling the police. <laughs> well, it's it's also it the whole attitude towards China because I know that there was a controversy over a change that was made because people were talking about it wasn't. It was a Chinese mandated change for a movie. I, was it Red Dawn? No, uh, but it actually affected the movie before it even got to China. Big so, trouble in Little China. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm. I'm I, for some reason I want to say the live action Mulan, but I can't. I'm not remembering it. Uh, I'm not remembering specifically, but it's like I don't care what they do to the movie in china i mean mm-hmm. ultimately who gives a shit i only are, care. are we gonna sit and talk to chinese people about these movies uh, they can't even talk to us on the internet <laughs> you know so can yeah, you, yeah, can I don't, you get this podcast in china probably not are well, we blocked i thought we were blocked well I don't know. There, there was a period yeah, where, we were blocked. where one yeah it could said, very well be that we still are yeah um and who, who the fuck cares but Dude. I don't mind when... That's a billion-plus audience. <laughs> which, 
which is why we're not the hit that we should be. But <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's the reason. Well, well, hopefully at some point, uh, uh, President Pooh Bear will uh, give us the approval. Absolutely. And yeah, we're banned again. Uh, yeah. All I gotta say is Taiwan number one. Just yeah, that's all. <laughs> oh well. Oh. Nothing happened in Tiananmen Square. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wow. worry. President, wow. President Xi will get his honey pot and all will be fine. Oh, bother. <laughs> Listen, they, they have us blocked in West Taiwan. Yeah, West that's Taiwan. right. That's right. Yeah, West yeah, Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> I re- okay. I want to see a Geek Shock sticker in North Korea. Can someone make that happen? Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. You're like some poor bastard is going to go to prison in North Korea and probably be sent home brain dead after getting salmonella in prison just so you can have your picture of a Geek Shock sticker in in North Korea. Korea. He'll get a shout out on the show. (laughs) I'm not a cruel man. We'll name a tear after you. You know, Kristen. And that's the mysterious gift. There is an (laughs) actual... Prison. There is an actual easy way around that. If you take one of the DMZ tours, they take you in this building, and you're allowed to walk around the building, and one half of the building is in North Korea, the other half is in South Korea, and they don't actually police what you're wearing in that building. So technically, somebody could have it, like, say, on a backpack or on a, you know jacket or something and you know walk around the building into north korea and then back because everybody wants to go to the dmz in that's right that part of the world i've been told it's a very interesting tour it is Uh, an actual i have a couple of friends that have taken that tour but let's also look at you solving problems right there garden spot and while you're at it folks get a a picture of a geek shock sticker in tibet Um, that, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> and how about we get them the Geek Shock stickers? <gasps> yes. Can we hire a plane to just like airdrop? I mean, we could. <laughs> Geek Shock Possible. stickers. An extra sticker to anybody who puts a sticker on a stop sign in Crimea. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Crimea. Look at you taking the easy way out. Yeah, Crimea River. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the easy one. Thank yeah. you. But what were you going to say, Todd? Because you were going to say something about film in China and censorship. I don't care <laughs> what they censor afterwards. Right. China's going to China. Yep. What I care about is when studios affects us here. put the microscope over it and say, what in this film right. is going to make China angry with the, us and the, take it out? The preemptive. Yes. I, and I agree with that. I'd much rather give it to China, have them send it back and say, you Fix know, more CGI a shirt on Brad Pitt, you know. And while you're at it, CGI some pants on President Xi. That's a West Taiwanese joke, folks. Okay, we're we are so fucking banned now. I know. They're sending some agents. I think we're gonna get killed. (laughs) Oh, honey. The 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 the. the the geek shock sticker that you see in the camp will actually be on our backpacks. <laughs> Can they bring some beef lo mein? I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> I am. We can geek. Hey! Finally. All right. Apple.
Apple TV Plus has partnered with Legendary Entertainment for a new live-action Godzilla streaming series centered on the iconic monster and the mysterious scientific organization that tracks it, Monarch. The show will be co-executive produced by veteran TV producer Chris Black, whose past credits include Star Trek Enterprise and Desperate Housewives, and award-winning comic book writer Matt Fraction, who has worked on Marvel properties such as Hawkeye, Uncanny X-Men, and The Invincible Iron Man. Fraction was also recently credited as consulting producer on the Disney Plus series Hawkeye, which was heavily influenced by his run on his, those comic books. Also executive producing will be Hiro Matsuoka and Tatsumasa Arita of Toho Company Limited. Hold on, no hold fair. On. You Look practiced. Look yeah. at this guy. I spelled it out phonetically. Wow. <laughs> yes. What a fucking cheater. <laughs> the company that created Godzilla, as well as the character's current owner. The show is, quote, following the thunderous battle between Godzilla and the titans that leveled San Francisco and the shocking new reality that monsters are real. The series will also deal with, quote, one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and legacy linking them to the secret organization known as Monarch, unquote. This is the latest entry in a series of ambitious science fiction fantasy projects from Apple TV+. Among others, the major streaming service currently has Foundation, based on the classic Isaac Asimov novel, as well as the sci-fi drama Invasion, the uh, dark android thriller Raised by Wolves, and the Jason Momoa-led Sea. So... I wow! I never thought we'd get a Godzilla TV show out of this. Uh, can you believe it? Is it supposed to take place after the latest movie? I believe so. That's that's what it's, this seems to be saying. Yeah. Uh, although I can't know for sure. Just as long as they don't have Godzilla attack a city every episode, that'll get a little expensive. weird. Yeah, I want them to Ultraman it. Oh Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> I want Ultraman to show up and he fights him and, on, and, a, on a on a on a on a. Uh, a, a Warhammer terrain model stage <laughs> <laughs> with a with a blue psych in the background. Did oh. anyone here ever wa- ever watch the original Godzilla movies, like uh, Mecha Godzilla, Godzilla yeah, yeah, versus yeah, yeah. Mecha Godzilla? Yes. Do you remember the 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 aliens had like monkey faces, but they were green? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to see that. Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah, I... the, the the invaders from they were so stupid. Yes, it was just like a cheap mask, like a bunch of masks that they had. They said, "All right, let's use these as aliens." I just went when they find the uh, Monarch headquarters that uh, Dr. Girlfriend's I was, we (laughs) (laughs) Does she do it for you, Steve? Oh, she does. It's crazy. (laughs) Space Entertainment Enterprise, or C, has announced that they will be co-producing Tom Cruise's space film project, and they'll propose to build an arena production studio in space. It will be a place for filmmakers to shoot movies and shows like this in zero gravity. Uh, C1 is hoping that the whole cool factor outweighs all of its hurdles. Uh, Axiom Space will handle construction as they helped build the commercial elements of the International Space Station. Hold on, what do we got? We got like micro meteorites, space garbage, the... 70s, 80s Russian nukes that are still up there. It's not without its risk. Actors who are not trained to be astronauts. (laughs) Well, there will be some pre-production. My goodness, guys. Um, The cost of getting them up there and back. Oh, my goodness. Just listen to this. The insurance alone. I know. Can you imagine Lloyd's of London covering Tom Cruise going into (laughs) orbit? (laughs) Well, they're they're doing it anyway. Well, actually, Tom Cruise, he can cover himself. It would be cheaper to find a guy to 
rearrange his face with plastic surgery to look like Tom Cruise, train him to sound like Tom Cruise, and send him up than to actually send Tom Cruise that, up. That guy order. exists. Or the... The, the, <laughs> the, the deep fake guy. There you go. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, those guys. But does he have the same acting talent? Wow, yeah. cricket, cricket. Well, I mean, I think at that cricket. point, it's if it's being shot in space, nobody's going to give a fuck. For the first four years of its, of its existence, the studio will be attached to the International Space Station. The plan is then to break off from ISS and become its own structure in 2028. Sea founders Elena and Dmitry Lesnevsky are currently trying to raise money to make this happen. They said in a statement, quote, C1 is an incredible opportunity for humanity to move into a different realm and start an exciting new chapter in space. It will provide a unique and accessible home for boundless entertainment possibilities in a venue packed with innovative infrastructure, which will unleash a new world of creativity in space. In space. With worldwide leader Axiom Space building this cutting-edge revolutionary facility, C1 will provide not only the first, but also the supreme quality space structure, enabling the expansion of the $2 trillion global entertainment industry into low-orbit Earth, unquote. Axiom Chief Engineer Dr. Michael Bain said, quote, C1 will showcase and leverage the space environment in an unprecedented way. The inflatable module design provides for around six meters of diameter of an unobstructed pressurized volume, which can be adapted to a range of activities, including an onboard state-of-the-art media production capability that will capture and convey the experience of weightlessness with breathtaking impact, unquote. Okay. So, the first movie being shot up there is going to be a porn movie. <laughs> I'm also thinking to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, zero gravity, like. What were the dimensions again? Six meters. Six meters. All right. So this, we're talking about a structure that's not nearly even, twenty feet. Not yeah. I was going to say not even twenty feet. Yeah, but you green screen yeah, it. Exactly. You yeah. know, you get the views of Earth however you want, and then you've got. The weightlessness, which is the most important part. That's you know how thing. they did an amazing job in that movie Gravity. You know, yeah. a great film. They did an amazing job at the weightlessness because uh-huh. it was believable. Right, and but, guess what? That wasn't in space. <laughs> yeah, they didn't film it in space. Yeah, yeah. and imagine this, if they had. And that's where I was going. <laughs> they, if they did it in there. space, I don't know how much better it would be. I think it probably wouldn't be because with at least CG and special effects, you can make some of those things do exactly what you want it to do in zero gravity, you know, air quotes in zero gravity. But if you're actually doing it in space, how many takes are you going to have to do so you can get the thing to do exactly what you want it to do? Yeah, yeah but I don't know. We'll also get more photo shoots of Kate Upton in a bikini. In I mean, space! I am all for going in space. space. I would rather spend this money on actually getting more people to space. Why do we need to film movies in space? That'll the, get people into space. So, yeah. How, how many times can we say space? <laughs> you so, say it like, you're space. saying it wrong. There you go. Yeah. So space. that's, that. I mean, space. part of me is like, well, this seems like it would be, you know, kind of cool to build this movie studio in space, but on the other space. hand, in space, uh, but on the other hand, it's like, yeah, I'm kind of, I think there's better things to spend this yes, money on. There is. Oh, you guys. <laughs> I want to go to space. Spend the money yeah. so that well, more people can start going up to space. You become an 
you become a uh, become an assistant cinematographer, dude. First podcast <laughs> well, in space. There you go. That's what we need. There <laughs> you go. We have a new that's, goal. That's the mysterious goal. And we can drop the stickers from there. <laughs> right. Into, they'll burn up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you put in a blade of shield on you know. Okay, so a blade of fifty cent sticker, right? Mm-hmm. How much is the ablative shield on each one? Probably. Easy. We Not go. Each one. We, we attack the James Webb Space Telescope. <laughs> we cut a bit of the heat shield out. <laughs> yeah. Or we just no, put no, a no. little sticker right <laughs> over the telescope. The resource like, is up there. You've played Minecraft. Exactly. <laughs> you go no, up there and you, 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 you don't you do the individual ones. You, you put it like in a little artificial meteorite, and by the time it hits the atmosphere, it goes, and all the stickers go flying out all over. North Korea and, hey. and, East, and West Taiwan. <laughs> yes. So we build something that, that the outer shell disintegrates and then the stickers just float down. Exactly. It's yeah. kind of like a Kinder Egg, but worse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now that's worth spending money on. Forget this movie studio. Thing. Kinder Eggs, all Kinder Eggs. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah. I, don't like, I don't like your pronunciation of space. Space. I don't like that. Space. It should only be said in the same way Tim Curry said it from Red Alert. Uh, Command and Conquer. Command and Conquer. Your opinion is noted and discarded, sir. (laughs) (laughs) My my concern is with the amount. Just one of well, only one. Uh, I should should say the chief concern right now is that space tourism, the commercial space travel right now is super environmentally unfriendly. Yep. It produces a huge amount of CO2 per launch. Mm-hmm. And if you're start going to ramp those up to multiple launches just to shoot a film, yep. you're talking like thousands and thousands of miles worth of gasoline cars travel for one launch. So, I mean, that and all the other stuff that happens, you know, all that space garbage and stuff that they're just going to be discarding. So how let, about... Let, let me... Retort with with a positive to help counterbalance that, and it was something that was already brought up, and that is space porn, because <laughs> the principle of equal but opposite reaction alone is worth the funny. <laughs> Plus, Jeff, just take a moment and four words: bullet time, cum shots. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh-huh. Deb. You were saying something. <laughs> I mean, space elevator. Make a space elevator. Then yeah. you're not sending all of these rockets yeah. up and down. I think we can... And that's a good place to spend money. I, you know what? Agreed. Oh, for crying out loud, guys. We can... fullerene they need to make an actual space elevator that yeah. can hold up its own tensile strength? But don't even get me started. And he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not a lot left. Huh? Buckminster Fuller isn't no, he no, dead? Buckminster, yeah. But the fullerenes yeah. are is a is a geodesic dome they, they, of a they carbon get, structure, and they come he they come out of him, right? Y- yes, <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> yes, that's how science works. I think, Space! dude, we can cover the environmental costs with gum bit, Bitcoin. Oh, okay. You mean so? Oh, when people start come. Oh, Jesus. No. Good job, Todd. Todd, you are a genius. I am so sorry, world. Oh, good job, Todd. Bitcoin. I'm waiting waiting for the tweet from Elon Musk. Is there any other news? Boy, talk about blockchain. In one week, there's going to be shock chain. Bitcoin. Yeah. Boy, talk about non fungible. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. (laughs) 
I'll just be happy with no non-fun. Um, and this is it's so cool because we've got the name. Speaking of, the, of literally anything else, the episode Meatloaf, name. the singer and actor, has died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he listened to the show. <laughs> yes, we lost, lost Meatloaf this week. Oh, coming off of that, the Meatloaf. Don't. Coming don't no, 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 I went no, there. No, don't. No. Hey, press on. I didn't sell that word. I just want people to know. <laughs> I still have it. <laughs> and I can use it. Meatloaf, the singer and actor whose theatrical bat out of hell is one of the best-selling albums ever, who played Eddie in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, has died due to COVID. He was 74 years old. Written by Jim Steinman, Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell is amongst the best-selling albums in history, racking up 14 million units sold in the U.S. alone. Worldwide, sales estimates go up to as high as 30 million. But before Bat Out of Hell and the rest, there was Rocky Horror Picture Show. Meatloaf was in the 1975 film of the stage musical as Eddie. Uh, the movie has become an all-time cult classic. Meatloaf also played Eddie on, as the role on stage. Uh, born on September 27, 1947 in Dallas, he was a high school football player before, re- re- before relocating to Los Angeles, where he played in bands that opened for the likes of The Who, Janis Joplin, Van Morrison, and The Grateful Dead. He moved to New York City, New York City is right, New York City in the late 1960s, where he began landing roles on stage. He appeared on the Broadway musical Hair, and would return to the big stage to play Eddie and Dr. Scott in the Rocky Horror Show in 1975. His many screen credits include the features Fight Club, Roadie, Motorama, Crazy in Alabama, Stage Fright, Spice World, Leap of Faith, and Americathlon. He also appeared in several episodes of the 2017 and 18 series Ghost Wars. Is no one going to ask it? You're, you're missing a guy. Another one died, too. Um... What's his name? Well, what, what, we, I don't, yeah, I don't think yeah, we're, we're talking about yeah, yeah, we're talking about oh, okay. yeah, all right, all right, all right. You just want to move on to wow. to, yeah, to NCIS right. guy. I see. No, what, so I could n- I never understood what Meatloaf wouldn't do for love. I, I never under. They're supposed cheat. to cheat. That he was, won't. Was do that, that it? Yeah. No, he won't do that. That. I'll do anything for love. It's it's in the listen to the goddamn lyrics, people. All of you <laughs> through the decades at this point. You had the what love won't do that. What's that? Listen to the fucking song. Christ on a crutch, people. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. It's that. What? I know the territory. I've been around. It'll all turn to dust. It'll all fall down sooner or later. You'll be screwing around. I won't do that. That's the lyric. That's your answer. Fuck off. <laughs> wow. You guys should see Torgo's face. He's not acting right now. I thought, wow, I thought the answer a... was get vaccinated. Uh, <laughs> well, apparently that dark, was one of them. Dark joke. Bum, dark bum, humor. Bum. One of the coolest reviews I heard, somebody made the comment that he could take the silliest subject ever and sing as though his life depended on it. Yeah. And I think that's really a great description of just how he was. Because all those <laughs> iconic pictures of him, sweat-soaked, looking like he's having a motherfucking heart attack <laughs> while he's holding a microphone and just just Italian opera rocking it right out. 
It's very cool. Didn't he have a sing-off with like Pavarotti or something and like held his own? Holy shitballs. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, it, was like for, it was like for charity or something, but it was wow. like, they spent, you know, here's this world-renowned opera singer, and he's holding his own against an opera singer. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, but the thing is, I think I think a lot of, um, I don't want to say undo, but there's a mystique about opera singing that is kind of not justified, really. Well, I mean, other than it, the fact that they're highly yeah, trained. fuck you, opera, stay down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That, yeah, that's. I'm, I'm not saying that. I, yeah, you do. Says there is Mr. a lot. Show tunes. Yeah, right. <laughs> there, there is. And I'm not taking anything like that away from them, but I mean, I am saying there is such a thing as. <laughs> Sounds kind of like, like you are. are. Well, <laughs> all right. I'm not saying they're not good, Fuck but you they're not that great. Years. Fuck you and all your years of training. <laughs> and being able to hold Decades a note forever. Of training. Yeah. Well, you, I'm saying there are people that... that you're that Groban, that you not, suck. <laughs> yeah. There are people who are not trained opera singers. That Most of your songs aren't even well in English. For forever. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. So, so yes, yeah, so you were saying that the opera singers are overblown. Go ahead. Yeah. That's basically okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. <laughs> but you know, I'm going back to your point, Kay. Uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, perfect example of it. The, this the song is this close to being a gimmick song from the '60s. It, it's about a a wannabe one night stand that turned into an awful relationship in the most comical way. And then the whole album's kind of like that. Two out of three bad is a beautiful love ballad that isn't a beautiful love ballad at all. No. I mean, most of this goes to the writing of Jim Steinman, but you cannot overlook the delivery of Milo, mm -hmm. the man yeah. that sings it with every, he means every word. And I love singing. It's one, of the, it's one of the reasons why I love musicals in general, because the singer, when they're doing it right, <laughs> yeah are translating the music and passion of that character in that moment. And that's what Meatloaf did every single time until he started re releasing non-Jim Steinman material. The, the dynamic between Jim Steinman and Meatloaf is fascinating, too, because it's both friendly and antagonistic hmm. back and forth for their entire career together. So you know. all of us and Barry have got a great uh, future in rock. Oh, God damn it. That means we're going to have to keep him around for a while, doesn't yeah. it? Well, a oh. future in rock. I, I could do anything for love, but I won't do that. Oh. You won't cheat? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Good, you shouldn't cheat. <laughs> Fuckers. I, I learned something next, next thing, <laughs> Next thing he's going to want to know in Faith No More, what is it? It's it. it. No, I don't want to know what it is, because that video... It's terrible. The only thing like terrible it. about that video is the poor fish at the end. Other than that, it's a great, great music. No, music no, no. Yes. Did you have to bring song. that up? Oh. Yeah. That brings me down. It's just like ELO? Don't bring me down. I just pulled a Jeff. Mm -hmm. I just took mm -hmm. Jeff's joke. I know. He's been doing it for the whole episode. I have. <laughs> <laughs> poor Jeff's got nothing going on. <laughs> he started with the prince, and he's just kept rolling with it. <laughs> Everything's a song cue. Uh, Adam Wingard will be adapting the Skybound slash Image comic Hardcore 
for Universal Pictures, the story outline of which was written by the Walking Dead creator and Invincible co-creator Robert Kirkman, who also created the comic series the movie will be based on, along with Mark Silvestri. The comic focuses on the Hardcore program, which allows its agents to hijack the body of anyone on Earth, turning them into human drones so they can get to targets that regular soldiers can't get close to. However, when one of their top agents gets stranded in a body and becomes the program's number one target, they only have 72 hours to figure out who has hijacked the program itself. The first volume of the series was written by Andy Diggle with art by Alessandro Vitti. And like you, you, it's his name is Andy Diggle. What? <laughs> oh, it's his funny. name. I heard Diddle. Was Andy Diggle. I heard Diddle. <laughs> I just I heard Andy Diddle. <laughs> of course you did. That surprises, <laughs> sure. does not surprise me at all. You know, right here on this episode of Cock Chain Bitcom, <laughs> Andy fuck. Diddle. No, that's not the title of this episode. <laughs> Damn it! It's definitely not. I'm going to keep pushing episode. until it happens. What are you pushing? Write to us <laughs> comments at geekshockpodcast.com. Dot. No, calm. C O M. You're the reason we can't get to all the news. You, sir. Me. You. Me. You. Steve talks. Not much this episode. No, this, this episode you know, is over here going, God damn it. The angry yeah. man is right. And he, yeah. he does, Steve talks, though, you know, he does take a bit to get to the point sometimes. Oh, well, 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 I'm sorry. Here. Uh, Todd, well, he's long hauling, so he's got to catch his breath. Get, yeah, yeah. And plus, you know, convenient I'm, that you stop right at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> what are you finger painting on your tablet, dude? I've got a lot of notes. Finger painting. It's a reference. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. I don't know what that means. I got seven people in here while I'm looking up notes. Are. You can't <laughs> fill in the air? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, you, you already said the what's your whatever. Yeah. You keyed us all the like yeah. in the show. You said he's thinking of show, what he's going to say, yeah. and it's taking him a minute. And Kurt is trying to shut up so he doesn't bring up some horrible reference to terrible things, and I'm desperately <laughs> trying not to say the word I can't say. So, horrible you know, reference a- to terrible things. I gotta write that. Best down. twenty dollars Torgo ever spent. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank our Kofi members: <laughs> Tier Four King Bald, Deb T, David Farrar, Tier Five Leon Mitt, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Ozzy Mad, and Mad Martrin. And thank you also to King Vald for your one-off this week. You're awesome. And thank you to all of our Kofi members for supporting the show, and you, listener, for just plain listening. And if you want to help us out, put a uh, review on apple podcast for us that really goes a long long way and five star it yeah make sure it's five star also the algorithm will just kick us to the curb it'll slide tackle us to the curb oh, <laughs> oh. should i should i pat myself on the back here a little bit oh, what? Will I what? Pull, pull not, until, not until next week i am master torgo 80s jeff guess not <laughs> may believe matt vlog uh professor Bixie got nominated for a major award and uh, hold on, you got nominated for an award. What do you got? It's an award. It's the the show. And we'll talk to you next week. In geek. <laughs> it's By in- the way, the movie that I was referencing is Cutting Edge, which probably most of you have not seen, but no. I loved it. So. Uh, give, me, give me the the, the figure skaters. Pick. So the guy who's being a hockey player. Yeah, toe pick. Yes, toe pick. I love that. Yeah, figure skaters. I'm done. Topic. It's a great movie. It is. Done. Steve won an award for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a major award. I am the Topic. Steve, what did you win? <laughs> I haven't won anything yet. He's not uh, I, I got nominated. nominated. 
I got. No- I said I got nominated. What did you get nominated for? Uh, best uh, uh, outstanding supporting actor in uh, in a show in in, in the first ever uh, OC Orange County Theater Guild Awards. Fantastic! Very Yay. cool. Well, good luck for to playing you. Mr. Potter. I, I was going to say you went a show. Yeah, it's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Yeah, playing Joseph and Mr. Potter and and Nick the bartender. So we're going to hear the the sequel to that. The award show is in, at the end of April. Fantastic. Yeah. But even so, it is an honor to be nominated. Believe me, I said that. I I I've seen a bunch of the shows that were that were nominated, including the people I was on stage with in that particular show, and I was like, okay, thank you very much. I I was a little floored by the whole thing. You so. didn't you didn't uh, heigle it. And and be all like, oh, I I wasn't given the good enough material to warrant this. And <laughs> no, the material was good, and I was on stage with good actors. And so to be, to be, oh, and the show itself actually got nominated for best ensemble. Oh, fantastic! So, oh, that's yeah. neat. Yeah. Well, the ensemble so. was best because they had the best outstanding <laughs> as supporting actor. <laughs> I guess. So how are they going to change the show when they translate it to Chinese? Uh, Mr. Potter wins. <laughs> George goes to jail. <laughs> wow. I don't know, man. That's a victory for capitalism. I... Oh, it's true. Uh, actually, that's that's actually a funny thought. How would West Tyron alter A Wonderful Life? Right. Or, or, or frankly, any movie. Well, we know how they do Fight Club. Yes. <laughs> right. Which had meatloaf. <laughs> Yes, it did. Yeah, did. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Fine, of course. Yes. Name is Robert Paulson, but yes. Yes. Bitch tits. Yes. See, <laughs> see that. Thank you, Deb. See that stayed in the movie. They're fine with that. <laughs> I wonder. Do you think they edited Shang Chi and the Ten Rings? I think Shang Chi and the Ten Rings was edited with them in pre- mind. Yeah, pre-edited. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Predated. It was predated. Predated. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's the episode title. Oh, no, 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 it is not. <laughs> it's, West, it's West Taiwan. Nope. I, I, oh, it's yeah. come blockchain. What, what is it? Anna <laughs> <B's> <laughs> what? <laughs> what is it? Come blockchain bit. No, cock chain bit uh, come. You're just stringing words together now, aren't you? <laughs> That's right. Well, He's stringing I just, them together. I just love that. That's how I make my NPC names. I just love that come blockchain is both a word and a sentence in barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> But now I got some great NPC names for Friday. Yeah. Richard. Yeah. Meatloaf. No. <laughs> Cecil. Bitcom. No, Bitcom. fuck. Bitcom uh, the yeah. bard. Uh, <laughs> I'm a performer. Want to see me perform? Stop bastardizing me. I can only do it once every 20 minutes. I'm cockchain the barbarian. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now I have an episode title. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, monkeys, here it is. You, 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 you earned it. This is the first of the J.R. Conkel rewards for putting up the reviews for the books. So th- this is the moment where we have Jeff do an immaculate impression. I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, you earned it. Like, <laughs> like someone earns a winter. <laughs> <laughs> of the Paul... Doing yes. Mumra, but you have to recite 
uh, Baby Got Back. Yes. Right. The famous song by Sir Mix-a-Lot. Right. Got it. I have the lyrics. You have the lyrics. Yes. Um, uh, all of our mics are, are hot for this so they because we, we're hot. In general, oh yeah. So, so that we can uh, we can appreciate what we're about to experience because monkeys, you're in for the whole thing. Yes, uh, we're doing the whole song. It is not a short song either, as a dramatic interpretation. <laughs> I just see you scrolling over there. Just scrolling, yeah, it, it scrolling, just keeps going. Scrolling, so, going. so if, if if we have to deal with this, so do you, <laughs> because you quote unquote earned this. Share our pain. <laughs> So let me, uh, okay, Jeff, uh, mm-hmm. go ahead and just give me a, a little bit of mumra there. Just not, not, don't recite it yet, just, just give me some mumra. Mm, who disturbs my slumber? Okay, now let me press my magic mumra button. Now do that again. Who dares disturb my slumber? That's, that's what I want to hear. That's exactly <laughs> what I need in my life. So here it is, monkeys. You, you earned it. I give you Jeff as Paul, as Bumra, as Sir Mixalot. Give me the magic. Mmm. Uh, uh, taking him a minute to wake oh up. Oh my god, Chitara. <laughs> Look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends. Yeah! You're gonna get this for the next eight minutes, but you know who understands those rap guys? I should have got a drink first. They only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute. I mean, her butt, it's just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. It's like out there. I mean, uh, gross. Look. I like a big butt. <laughs> I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny <laughs> that when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. How does that work? Want <laughs> to pull up tough because you noticed that that butt was stuffed. Deep in the jeans she's wearing, I'm hooped and I can't stop staring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, baby, I want to get with ya. <laughs> and uh, take your picture. Oh my god. My mutants try to warn me, <laughs> but that butt 
you got makes me so horny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, rumpo smooth skin. You say you want to get in my bends? <laughs> well, use me. Use me. Cause you ain't that average groupie. Yeah. I turned on a disgusting. <laughs> I've seen her dancing to hell with romancing. She's sweat, wet, <laughs> got it going like a turbo vet. I want to see this animated. I'm tired of magazines saying flat butts are the thing. <laughs> Me too. Take that average black man and ask him that. She got to pack much back. Just stating the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so, fellas, fellas. Yeah. Has your girlfriend got the pot? <laughs> Tell him to shake it. What? Shake it. Shake it? Shake it, shake it that healthy butt. <laughs> Baby got back. We're the third of the way through this, I think. <laughs> L.A. face with the Oakland booty. <laughs> Baby got back. Third Earth booty. Third Earth face. I think he's singing about Panthro. Oh, <laughs> well, you broke him. You broke Mumra. Nope. Hold it together. <laughs> Come on, Mumra the ever singing, let's go. Vulture Man needs this, Jeff. Make it work. <laughs> Fuck you, Vulture Man. <laughs> Marmot. L.A. face with the Oakland booty. <laughs> I like them round and big. Big. What? When I'm throwing a gig, I just can't help myself. I'm acting like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> now here's my scandal. I wanna go get you home and uh, it's Irish there for double up. Talking about Playboy, because oh. <laughs> the silicone parts are made for toys. I had many Thundercats toys as a child. Yes, <laughs> That's <laughs> absolutely true. And there's some silicone in there. I yeah. want them real thick and juicy. He's definitely yeah. talking about Panthro. <laughs> so find that juicy double. Mumra's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Begging for a piece of that bubble. <laughs> so I'm looking at rock videos. <laughs> Are you now? Knock need bimbos, walking like hoes. You can have a them bimbos. Have a. 
I'll keep my women like Flojo. <laughs> Kids, you remember Flojo? No. <laughs> A word to the thick soul sisters. Oh. I want to get with John. <laughs> I you won't cuss or hit John. <laughs> but I uh, gotta be straight when I say. Oh, straight, be straight. Uh, huh? Till the break of dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Baby got it going on. <laughs> A lot of simps won't like this song. <laughs> well, yeah, take that, simps. Stay down. Cause them punks like to hit it and quit it. And I'd rather stay and play. Cause I'm long and oh. I'm strong. Oh, yeah! oh, 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 oh. oh God. And I'm down to get the friction on. <laughs> so disturbing. So does the skin just flay off? With oh my. So, ladies, ladies. Always rapid, kids. If uh, you want to roll in my Mercedes, <laughs> then uh, turn around, stick it out. <laughs> Even Thundercats got to shout. <laughs> oh! Baby got back. Thundercats, no. <laughs> baby got back. Yeah, baby. When it comes to females. Oh, Jesus Christ. Cosmo ain't got nothing to do with my uh, selection. Thirty-six, twenty-four, <laughs> thirty-six. Bingo. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Only if she's a five-three. <laughs> so your girlfriend rolls in a Honda. <laughs> Playing workout tips by Fonda. <laughs> but Fonda ain't got a motor in the back of her Honda. Maya Anaconda don't want none unless you've got buns a you can do side bends or sit-ups, but please don't lose that butt. I picture Mumra saying this to Chitara while she's just throwing up. Silence! <laughs> yes, Mumra. <laughs> Silence! <laughs> Some... <laughs> Thundercats want to play that hard role and tell you the butt ain't gold. So they toss it and leave it 
and I pull up quick to retrieve it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Cosmo says you're fat. <laughs> well, I uh, ain't a down with that. Cause uh, your waist is uh, small, and uh, your curves are kicking. <laughs> and I'm uh, thinking about sticking. To <laughs> 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 Beanpole dames in the magazines. You ain't it, Miss Thing. Give me a sister. I uh, can't resist her. Red beans and rice. <laughs> Did not miss her. <laughs> this is some Rule 34 shit. <laughs> Some knucklehead tried to diss Cause his girls are on my list He had a game But he chose to hit em And I pull up quicker to get with them <laughs> So, ladies If the butt is round and you want a triple X throwdown? Dial one nine hundred Mumra and kick them nasty thoughts. This baby got back. Meow, meow. Oh wow, I'm uh, scarred. We've had that was awesome. Many, many impressions from Jeff. I gotta say, Jeff, this is up there with Cleveland Brown. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Better it's than good. Brown, yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Ancient spirits of evil. Oh, shit. <laughs> transform this decayed form. <laughs> that is a proper Paul <laughs> yeah. impression. Going to go back to my cave and slumber. You mean Walmart? <laughs> Come, Mamut. Let us depart. Well, thank you, Mamra, for joining us once again after wow. all this time. Yes. <laughs> you know what? It wasn't until that heartfelt reading that I, I realized that song's very pro-woman. Yeah, it is. No, yeah, it's... Very pro-curvy woman. Yep. Absolutely. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but... <laughs> Oh, no, Jeff, when no, did you get back? No, you were saying, Mumra, go ahead. Uh, no, I had to close the door because, uh, woo, that stench. <laughs> so what did you, th- did you think of Mumra's job on that, Jeff? Eh. <laughs> Silence. You could open the door. <laughs> you could open the door more often, though. I would appreciate it. <laughs> Just fucking with the effects now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, that silence was, was great. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so there you have it, monkeys. One down, yeah, thanks, two to thanks, go. Thanks for that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you didn't ask for it, but there you go. <laughs> uh, you earned it. So um, thank you for making us do that. 
Uh, and we'll see you next week at Geek. Oh, Steve's still alive. Oh, All right. oh yeah. He oh, almost la- we almost lost him in a laugh fest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I might be sleeping well tonight. Post-coitus. Yeah. I'm coming down from my high. <laughs> well, you got that major award. <laughs> I so, you know. not, not yet. Maybe not ever. Oh. The competition is pretty stiff. Actually. I know. You're sitting right well, next to him. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Talk about yeah, stiff. stiff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's ready for sticking. <laughs> <laughs> Want to get witcher. <laughs> <laughs>